This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Ever feel like you're just treading water? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Fighting for survival? Jalen Ramsey's got us all battling right now. I mean, gosh, 11.40, 12.40, a bizarre 15-minute press conference, still trying to figure it out. And here we are, 3 o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon in Jacksonville, Florida, September 17th. And I tweeted this earlier today. This might be, I've been around a dozen years covering the Jags, and it might be the wildest 10-day stretch yet. It really might be. Now, the most fun stretch was in 2017, absolutely. Mm. But the drama, and I, I feel like we're in New York. I feel like we're in Oakland. I feel like in one of those play Dallas. I mean, yeah. that's what it feels like. And, I mean, sometimes, hey, for what we do, it's kind of fun. Uh, but to be in that Makes job pretty easy, doesn't it? Wow. I mean, hey, I, yeah, that was the other thing I said, right? Hey, hey, Coos, what's the rundown today? Two words. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. I mean, first things first. I want to give credit to Jalen Ramsey for at least answering questions in that news conference. I think there's two ways to do it, and this is why I give him credit. Do I think it was bizarre? Do I think he answered every question? Do I think he contradicts himself at times? Do I All those things? Yeah, we'll talk about all that. I mean, I have thoughts on that. But I do think I would have been very disappointed for a guy who did not talk after the game on Sunday, which he kind of handed off that blame to... I was told I didn't have to talk, but mm. come on. Uh, you know how this works. You've been in the league for a while. But anyway, I would have been really disappointed if he got up there, issued a statement, and all the media had gathered for this and moved around news conference from 1140 to 1240 and would not take any questions. So I would have been very disappointed. Probably would have ripped him. Probably would have been very critical of him. So I think I do want to make sure I acknowledge the fact that I think it was good that he at least took the questions. He didn't answer some, um, but at least he took them. And, and gave everybody really a fair chance in a big media room uh, on uh, this Tuesday afternoon. So that being said, it was bizarre. It, it, I don't really know fully how to digest it all even a couple of hours later. I've played it back in my mind a few times. And my takeaway number one overall is this. This is a report that comes out that he wants to request a trade about five minutes after our show ends last night. <laughs> and Perfect so it becomes timing. a big, big issue and a big topic. Here's what happens with those things. I've been around this long enough to know when Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport and those kind of guys are getting stories, it's usually from the agent. Usually. Nine times out of ten. Now, Jalen Ramsey said today, we didn't leak that information. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm thinking all sorts of things. But wait a minute. Could another team have leaked it to kind of, I mean, heck, maybe the Tennessee Titans leaked it on a short game week because they caught wind of it. That would be the ultimate form of gamesmanship, right? Like, you're the Titans, you're playing the Jaguars on Thursday. Why wouldn't you cause more controversy? Why wouldn't you get the team a little more distracted? Yeah, and then on top, or would somebody in the organization leak it? Now, if somebody in the organization leaked it, we've got an issue in Jacksonville Mm -hmm. because somebody's trying to sabotage the football team on a short week and you're 0-2 and it's a must-win game, or somebody's trying to sabotage the head coach and make him look like he's lost all control and now it's a players against coach thing, a Ramsey against Marone thing, which is really how it's been presented in the public perception is it's Marone or Ramsey you pick one and so if it's somebody inside the building which I'm still not convinced it is I really don't I I, it might not be Jalen's team directly but I feel like this is somehow agent driven in a a way it's usually agent driven Uh, but he said it wasn't on his he didn't want to be a distraction and again that that leads into the next part of this right you don't want to be a distraction 
Jalen, come on. <laughs> I mean, you, you're kind of a distraction. I mean, mm. your antics on the sideline, not talking about your antics on the sideline on Sunday, that's kind of a distraction. A trade request that was made at some point because he didn't deny it, that's a definite distraction no matter when it leaked out. The fact that he has asked for a trade at some point, whether it was Sunday, Monday, who leaked it out, doesn't matter. That's a distracting thing. So Jalen Ramsey is a distraction on a short week to this football team. Whether you like it or not, whether he wants to admit it or not, those are just the facts. So what did you want Jalen Ramsey to do, though? Because you're calling him a distraction. Would you rather have him not do the press conference, not say anything at all, and then we're asking the questions the whole time, well, what's up with Jalen Ramsey? What's up with Jalen Ramsey? What's up with these trade rumors? Because to me, that's more of a distraction than Jalen Ramsey coming out and just kind of speaking from the heart. Now, I understand, Brent, this stuff on the sidelines, I'm – I can't co-sign on all that, right? Like, you should never yell at your coach. I still haven't seen the video where he pushed him. I, I don't know if it's a push, a shove, uh, a slap, whatever it is. I mean, everyone's using this, this different verbiage. I haven't seen any of that. So did I you not see the game broadcast? I, I didn't see the game broadcast, yeah. And, and I saw a big scuffle where everyone's holding each other back. I, I didn't see but, Jalen Ramsey blatantly push Doug Marone. you got to go back and watch that again. I guess no, I'll have to well, see it well, again. No, well, first of all, let's be uh, – got well, to keep this in context. What? Blatantly pushed is not – how I presented it yesterday. No, you, it's it's it, he, he made contact with his arm. Like he would have been called for pass interference. Let's just say that. Okay. I mean, there was contact made by Ramsey, and that was clear on the broadcast. I thought. Uh, now everybody's I, points to see the one that keeps being replayed is the one where Marone and the players have to tell Marone to go away. Well, that's after Marone goes back. That correct? was after Marone yes. went yeah, back. Yeah. There was something previous to no, that, and I, that was him coming off the field. Yeah. So I mean, I'll try to find uh, it, but yeah. but okay, because so, so, I don't want to misrepresent it. But no, that's the way sure. I saw it. I got you. And okay, so that obviously is a distraction, right? Like that affects the entire team. But after that, and I don't know if his agent leaked out the stuff or not. I'll tell you what, Jalen Ramsey wasn't calling people and saying, "Guess what? I'm getting traded now." Put on ESPN. So like, I get the point where you know, like he's not trying to be a distraction. You're saying, "Well, he's a distraction." What what do you want him to do? Do you, do you want to come out and tell the truth about J- Doug Marone? Well, maybe he doesn't like Doug Marone because to me that's more of a distraction. Now all of a sudden you have a your your star player doesn't like the head coach. Oh, cool, we have Tennessee Titans in a couple of days. I'm probably nitpicking here. But don't say I don't want to be a distraction if because you are one. Just acknowledge you are one. Mm. You know, and if you if you don't want to be one, then apologize for being one. Mm. Okay? Because that's how you could do it. That's how you are a distraction. There's there's don't don't come in here and be the victim of saying, Oh, well, I really didn't want this to get out. I mean, I really don't want to play here anymore, but I really didn't want it to get out. And so I didn't want that to be a distraction of my football team who's playing in about forty eight hours in a game that they must win this season to keep a season going if they even have a season anymore. Then at least acknowledge, listen, I understand I'm a distraction. I don't want to be. I have to put this to bed right now, and that's why I'm here talking to you and it's uh it, it is one though. I acknowledge that. I think I have some of the support of my teammates who are in the room. Bizarre. Why are there teammates in the room? That's bizarre. That's part of the bizarre nature. Miles Jack was in the room. We're gonna talk about that. Like, what does this mean to the locker room? That's a big issue. So I don't wanna get hung up for the next three hours on distraction or not. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, let's can we all live in the same world for once? Jalen, at least acknowledge you are a distraction. Don't say I don't wanna be one. You are. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. There's no other way to put it. And whether you intended for it to be this big or not, uh, hello, 
He's smart enough to know that he is going to be big enough. He He's smart enough to know what he was saying today and that he needed to request a trade at this time. Why are we requesting trades three weeks into the season? Why is, why, why is that happening now? So he understands what's going on. So I just – if you're going to do it, do it and acknowledge it. And don't try to be the victim and say, now you're a distraction and, oh, my gosh, it's you, you, why are you guys all here? Why are we all talking about this? Come on. Yeah. We know better than that. That's my point in no, the distractions. No, I, I get it. I'm just saying it works both ways. So if he wasn't here, then we, the media, are gonna be like, "Well, where's Jalen now?" Oh, yeah. and then, and now Jalen's being a big distraction by not showing up. Everyone's got these questions and no one's answering them. Well, so, and, and you got well, he, he did show works. up, and I gave him credit yeah, for showing no, up. And you absolutely did. I gave him credit for showing up, and, and I wanted gave, to, you gave him credit for answering the questions he, too. He at least trying to. I understand yeah. that you're not going to say anything, and you don't want to make those kind of headlines. I get where he's coming from on that stuff. I mean, I'd like for him to say why. You know, there's a lot of things we're gonna talk. We're going to hear from him, and I think there's a lot to dissect. If you were like, you know how Antonio Brown, they said so, uh, he went to seek like a social media expert yeah. about how to get out of that? Well, if you were to take somebody that like, um, I don't even know what they would be called, but they're an expert at like uh, dissecting somebody's news conference or words or, or statements or their body language or anything sure, else, yeah. you could do that today with Jalen Ramsey. You really could. I think and it would be fascinating mm-hmm. because I think all of it is up for interpretation. I mean, he really left it all right there for interpretation. Uh, and and it's why that's why I'm still a little bit confused at it <laughs> on a well, lot of yeah, fronts. You yeah. know, it's really bizarre. But we'll do a little bit of that. But I also think there are some huge issues to talk about. And I think, listen, this is not just Jalen Ramsey. I'm not coming down on the side. I'm conflicted on Jalen Ramsey because I respect the heck out of Jalen Ramsey, the football player. Mm -hmm. I think he's a great football player. I've said that countless times. I also believe I've been around here a dozen years, and I've never seen a football player play for the Jacksonville Jaguars that has the caliber of Jalen Ramsey. And I think the organization needs to embrace that and needs to try to keep that as long as possible. You don't give those guys away. Okay, I've been waiting 12 years to see a guy like that. Fans around this city, forget about me, have been waiting 25 years to see players like that. And they have some, Tony Vaselli, Fred Taylor, the likes, Jimmy Smith. And, and there's a small list, but it's not a big list. Mm-hmm. And so I respect all that. I acknowledge that, and I'm a big fan of that. But then there's another side of me that says, man, he's everything right now that's wrong with sports, too. There's a selfishness about this player. There is a me, 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 the brand, brand, brand. This is supposed to be the ultimate team game we're talking about. They are at a crossroads three weeks into the season. And I know he's not a captain. He's not doesn't want to be the leader, but he kind of is. Mm-hmm. And, and people follow him. And, and now we've got all this. So I'm conflicted on Jalen Ramsey. I'm not conflicted on this. The Jaguars have not done a very good job with their star players. And let's be clear. They haven't had many star players. But if you even go back again, I'll talk in my tenure in the last decade. Maurice Jones-Drew they had issue with. He was their best player by far. And he might have been their only one at that time. Yannick Ngakwe, a guy that's a rising star, Mm -hmm. troubles with the contract stuff. Jalen Ramsey, I don't know how to deal with this right now. They've had troubles with star players and what to do. How much of that is the organization's fault? I'm not putting all blame here on Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. This is an organizational thing, too. Let's talk more about it. Star Star 690. I can't wait to see what you have to say about it. Oh, about the organization? About oh, all you know it. I'm going to. Okay. I, I, mean, know. I, I know. I know. You're going to be on the player's side. Uh, You're always on the player's side. Not always, man. But this time, I just may be. Is Doug Marone on his way out sooner than anybody would expect? 
Could that even happen? Present a situation later in the show that could have happened earlier than anybody would predict. Mm-hmm. Oof, a lot to get to. And we're coming back on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. A lot going on in the media these past couple of days. A lot of speculation, and nobody's really heard from me. On Sunday after the game, I was told I didn't have to talk. Uh, that's why I didn't talk. It wasn't like a nothing against y'all. But yeah, I wanted to talk as soon as I could uh, today, just because uh, I don't really want it to be a distraction for my teammates getting ready for a game on Thursday. Uh, I'm getting ready for the game as well, uh, and that's where my focus is right now. I've been in the meetings. I've been taking my notes. I've been getting ready for. Uh, I walk through and I practice and everything that we got to do out there. Well, listen, there's one thing. That's Jalen Ramsey earlier today. We'll have a lot more of that, by the way. I think that might have been off my phone. So the uh, <laughs> the, the sound was a little over. We got the, the sound coming in. And, and there's some, well, editing that needs to be done, too, to some of the sound. Because Jalen Ramsey dropping F-bombs and that. And yeah. some people don't like that look. Uh, I don't have a huge part of that look i think there's a big deal let me just be blatantly honest okay Mm. and let me go elephant in the room maybe i think there's a big difference if you are some age and above and some age and below and i don't know what the age is i don't want to label it that closely i'm 42 years old Mm -hmm. so i think there are some people that and even i think this from a player perspective i want to get your thoughts former players maybe that would play you know, back in the 90s or mm-hmm. early 2000s that would look at that and be like, dude, you can't do that. That's a bad look. You're representing the organization and yeah. you're dropping F-bombs like five times in a live presser and you know it's live. Yeah. And did I love it? No, but I'm also like not that turned off by it, I guess. Uh, and I think this maybe the lower age demographic be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's my read on it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just saying personally, I'm not that turned off by it. On, 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 if I if it was, I wouldn't have handled it that way. I don't think I'd be dropping f bombs. I think like I grew up in a, an age where, uh, and I think this is still true. By the way, I don't think this is like in my old days. I think this is when you play sports, you play for the jersey name, like yeah. right. I mean, you and that is really at the heart well, of a lot of this because the guys that play sports now, the NBA, and now the NFL is becoming. They play for that name on the back, that nameplate. Really, but, sometimes a lot more than the name on the front. I think they play for the well-being. So let me go ahead and start the conversation off with this. Let's rewind the clocks back to 2010 when I played, my, my rookie year, and let's go to right now. Along those spans, after I retired, something happened, especially in the NFL, with professional athletes where they took it upon themselves, where, like, this veil was, you know, un- unleashed, basically, and they, 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 they figured out that, you know what, if we're not happy, we can do something about it. We don't have to come to work every day and be miserable. We don't have to come to work every single day and go be a part of the status quo. If we're not happy, we'll speak about it. Uh, if we're really not happy, we'll request a trade. And if we want more money, we're going to ask for it. And I don't know exactly, Brent, where this whole thing started with. You know, like, I, I don't know what exact 
incident resulted in players thinking like this now. But this is the landscape of the NFL. You know, and to be fair, this is the landscape of a lot of jobs. I don't care if you're an NFL player or you work at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. If you're not happy with Enterprise Rent-A-Car and your job sucks and your boss sucks, you don't want to be there anymore, what are you going to do? You're probably going to go quit and work at Hertz or someplace else. People do this all the time. Now, we put the professional athletes on a pedestal and we expect a lot more of them because they're getting paid a lot more money. But if you're a professional athlete and you show up to that stadium and you're not happy, they're going to want out, and, and that's just the way it is now. Yeah. The, the, the days of you know, pulling your bootstraps and being a good soldier and you know, dealing with the mental stuff if you're not happy, those days are long gone because whether it's this new generation of asking questions why, whether it's this new generation being in tune with more of who they are, whatever the reason is, you're seeing a, a, a paradigm shift in the way NFL players act. And there's, it's kind of a half-and-half half thing, right? It seems like the older generation see these players and they're like, what you know spoiled well, yeah i mean just pick your pick your word that's going to eventually piss me off right cuz yeah. like they use a lot of verbiage that i don't agree with and then there's a younger generation that almost has jalen ramsey's side right yeah, like yeah. he's he's the maybe best even player. too much maybe a little too much whatever yeah, maybe it is maybe a little shielded like uh, maybe yeah. go- like jalen ramsey goggles on at times so here's where i'm trying to get to i guess <laughs> through my big spiel what we saw in Houston on the whole sideline thing, let's rewind the clocks back and let's go back to what happened there. Jalen Ramsey wanted a call. He didn't get it from Doug Marone. He comes to the sidelines, and him and Doug Marone have an altercation. Now, is the reason why Jalen Ramsey wants to get traded because of that exact reason right there of, you know, Doug Marone not throwing the red flag? No. I think there's more reasons to it than that. But I think that it's been boiling up maybe for a season, maybe for two seasons, and that scene in Houston was the final straw. And now we're here. And now we're asking for trades. So what did I take away from this Jalen Ramsey press conference? The biggest thing I took away, and there's a bunch of things, but the biggest thing that made me perk my head up a little bit, have a giant question mark uh, you know, on my forehead, was the fact that Jalen Ramsey has not talked to Doug Marone about the situation yet. Now, let's go back to tell hey, You have a big problem with that. I, I have a huge problem with this. Uh Let's go back to Telvin Smith real quick. We, we, we may never know why Telvin Smith decided to walk away from this season. And you know what? At the end of the day, that's not important. Uh, I hope he's better off. I hope he's mentally okay. Whatever the situation was, um, it's not a big deal to my point. My point is being that when Doug Marone was asked about Selvin Smith, you know, and have you talked to him during this offseason? Do you know where he's at? Yada, yada, yada. What was the response? I haven't talked to Selvin Smith at all. I have no idea what's going on with Selvin Smith. You're you're the CEO. You're you're the you're the boss. You're the manager of a company, and you don't know what's up with your coworker. And I get it. Maybe Doug Marone reached out once, and Tom and I never got back to him. Well, then go to his house. Like th- this is this is one of your star players. This is a captain for crying out loud. Um, I'm a quick share a story with you back in Chicago. So you know, towards the end of my NFL career, I, I shared like a story. story one, yeah. So. I've talked about Coach Hurt a couple times. His name's Clint Hurt, played at the University of Miami. He was an assistant defensive line coach when I played in Chicago. And I, I've shared this story before where when me and Kyle Long got in a fight during walkthrough, we both got thrown out of practice. I threw my helmet, you know, kind of like a child basically. Had to go pick up my helmet, but I was thrown out of practice. And what I didn't tell about that story, though, is through that time, Coach Hurt was trying to, like, get in my face a little bit. Like, hey, what are you doing? You're blowing your – because this is right before the last preseason game. Okay. I still had a team to make. And basically, Coach Hurt's like, what are you doing? You're pulling your opportunity right now, you know, and I didn't push him, but like we got, you know, kind of face to face a little bit and players had to kind of hold me back a little bit. So I left that day, that practice 
pissed off at the world. I was pissed off at Coach Hurt because I felt like he took Kyle Long's side over mine just because he's Kyle Long. And I'm just some third-string guy who's trying to make the team. And I felt like, you know what? I felt like he was in the wrong for that. And truth be told, it was Kyle's fault. Kyle pushed me back a little too far. I didn't like I went at him. That's what you do as a football player. Nevertheless, I'm back at the hotel where we're staying for training camp, and I get a phone call from Coach Hurt. Mind you, I'm still ticked off. This is like 8 o'clock at night. I'm still upset. Hey, voicemail declined right away. <laughs> not even not even entertaining him. The, 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 this is an assistant coach. I, I'm not going through this right now. I'm still pissed off. Uh, might happen again after this show when I try to call. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, Brent, so a minute later, I get a text message. Lane. It's Coach Hurt. I know you just declined my phone call. Answer your damn phone. We've got to talk. I'm like, okay, well, regardless, I have to see this guy the next day, okay? So I answer the phone, and basically Coach Hurt, you know, man-to-man said, you know what? I, I watched the footage of you and Kyle, and yes, Kyle was in the wrong, and I apologize. Um, he goes, you know, we, we kind of like a heart-to-heart after that, but that, that's kind of the spiel where Coach Hurt didn't give he up on out. me, yeah. right? Like. I was, I mean, I was in the wrong for kind of letting it escalate the way it did, trying to get in his face a little bit and storming off the field. But he reached out to me because that was the coach. That was the manager. He was concerned about his workers, right? So the fact that no one ever knew what Talvin Smith was going through with Doug Marone because Doug Marone said he didn't talk to him. And now the fact that you have this giant altercation that you want to say you forgot about during the first press conference, which is obviously a lie. And then Jalen Ramsey stands up today and addresses Doug Marone by saying, we haven't talked about it at all. Something's up, man. And I don't know if it's a Doug Marone thing, if it's an entire culture thing in that locker room, but when players say things like that, when there's that much you know, miscommunication and no dialogue, that's the biggest red flag right there. Yeah. That there's something going on in this locker room. Well, there's something going on, and how much of it is on Doug Marone? Because it's fascinating from our view. Haven't we kind of talked a lot about saying, man, Marone's bending over backwards for these players in the last month and a half? I mean, he has. He, he had an easier camp. He's listened to their input. He has taken care of the players, defended the players, never thrown the players under the bus. He really hasn't. I mean, I don't remember. I mean, Cam Robinson, he kind of did that Saturday morning. But uh, even that was kind of minor. It was more just kind of jumpstart him, I think. uh, Or maybe he was just frustrated. But I just feel we talked a little bit about this yesterday. It doesn't feel like he's getting that in return. So maybe there's more to it is the point. There's more to it from a locker room standpoint, communication standpoint, uh, whatever's going on. But now... After that news conference, after the day yesterday and and the request of the trade, now this has become in Jacksonville and beyond. It's either Marone or Ramsey. Mm, Yeah. That's the way this has become. Pick your side. (laughs) Well, not only pick your side, but pick your guy who you want to ride with. Correct. And is Shad Khan going to have to make that choice? Tom Coughlin going to have to make that choice? Dave Caldwell going to have to make that choice? Mm -hmm. Is that real? talk about it more coming up next on the espn 690 welcome your thoughts to star star 690 we're on all the social media platforms as well youtube facebook twitter twitch you can see it you can see us getting heated in here on the video platforms on espn 690 i've gotten some really good years out of them if i have a long i'm gonna be here i'm gonna continue giving my all out there all i care about is winning man everybody know that i want to win straight up my I, I, excuse my language but Everybody know that. That's that's who I am. That's that passion, that fire, that heart. That's a uh, that's what y'all love. <laughs> it's, it's, to me, that is the greatest maybe soundbite of the press conference. 
because it, it it's as it, as contradictory as you can get almost in a way mm. where he goes. I mean, even he says, excuse my language, and then swears the next word. Coos, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do me a favor. Play that again, that, that sound, because I want you to hear the beginning of it, too. And it sounds like, I'll preface it with this. He goes, this is why I say it's contradictory. He's past tense playing for the Jags in the first four words. And then he's like, but I'm going to continue to play. And goes, he's still a member of the Jags. So it's like, that's where I left this news conference. I'm like, I, I don't know if he's going to be here. I don't know if he's well, I, yeah. I, I, Listen to the first part of this especially, but listen to the whole thing, and it's just like, you tell me if you can figure out what's going to be happening in the next 48 oh, hours hit us with it. or two weeks. Dissecting I got some really good years out of me. If I have a long, I'm going to be here. I'm going to continue giving my all out there. All I care about is winning, man. Everybody know that. I want to win straight up. Not, I, excuse my language, but, but everybody know that. That's that's who I am. That's that passion, that fire, that heart. That's a uh, that's what y'all love. And listen, that's what makes him a great player, right? Yeah. It, it does. But it it's it's uh, does it come at a cost in a building? Uh, does it come at a cost in a locker room? And I think that's a fair question. Does it come at a cost? Of, we we talk about distractions, um, whether it is or it isn't, and we're going to get into that a little bit. What is a distraction? And hey. Welcome to the NFL, Jacksonville, maybe, is your thought. This happens. Well, you said this yesterday. This yeah. happens all around the league. Do you think there's more than one Jalen Ramsey in a locker room that maybe has a big ego and can be, you know, a quote-unquote a distraction? But guess what? On those teams, they're not as good as Jalen Ramsey. That's true. And teams still find a way to deal with it. Like, we're not, you know, we're not going to pick your random team, Brent. We're not going over to the Buffalo Bills and, you know, they have a, a guy that's got a big ego and he's causing distractions. We don't see that there. We don't see it anywhere, it seems like, besides Jacksonville. I get, yeah, we cover the Jacks. Jaguars, but it seems prevalent here right now. The world is talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. It, well, it, you know what? And you bring up a great point. There are so many different ways. I'm writing them down, by the way, what we're going to talk about. Because, But I want to keep it without bouncing all no. over. Yeah. And there's so many different things. But you just brought up one big one. You've got to look at this from Shad Khan's view. Mm-hmm. Shad Khan's the owner of this football team. And yeah, Tom Coughlin is kind of the, the he's the, the president of operations and or vice president of football operations. He makes the football decisions. Shad Khan's been clear about that. But I told you yesterday, and I think it's even more true after what I've seen in the last 48, 72 hours, that Tom Coughlin's handprint on this football team is not like it used to be. Not even in the last year or the year prior. It is different. This feels more like this is all Doug Marone making the moves. And what you just said about Jalen Ramsey is he's got a guy that is a brand. And that brand is not only Jalen Ramsey, it's not only 20 land, it's not only number 20 and 2.0 and all those things, mm. but it's also the Jacksonville Jaguars attached to it. And sometimes you take the good and the bad, and you have to. Mm-hmm. But for the Jacksonville Jaguars here in Jacksonville, and I love you, Jacksonville, and I love Duval, but in Northeast Florida, one of the smaller markets in the NFL, Jalen Ramsey helps your brand mm-hmm. big time. And I've said this countless times. Outside of Maurice Jones-Drew, he's the only one that you could even debate has had a bigger brand in a Jacksonville Jaguars uniform than Jalen Ramsey. And quite frankly, I think that's even passed by. Jalen Ramsey is now, in my opinion, the number one branded player that the Jacksonville Jaguars have ever had. And what I mean by that is teams talk, people talking about him all across the country. And not just today. This isn't just a today thing. People talk about Jalen Ramsey on the NFL Network, on ESPN. They talk about him in Seattle, Washington. They talk about him in L.A. They talk about him in Arizona, in Dallas. They do. They know who he is. 
And so from that standpoint, if I'm the owner, whew, not only am I giving up a football player if I trade this guy away, I'm giving up part of my brand. Mm-hmm. I'm going to trade away my brand part of it because he might act out sometimes or he wants a trade or he might be tough to deal with sometimes. I've got to really question whether I'm going to do something like that. And and if that sounds trivial, I don't think it is. I think that's an important part. I think you want people that are going to have a brand here in Jacksonville that are going to wear that and, and someday maybe go to Canton, Ohio in a Jags uniform. I mean, this guy is that good of a football player, and he has the personality, sometimes good, sometimes bad, to also spread it in different ways. So it brings up the question, man, Marone or Ramsey? And that's really what it feels like people are siding with. There's a contentious yep. relationship all of a sudden here that built on Sunday, or at least if it wasn't already there, it's now there. And is it as simple as that for Shad Khan to say, Marone or Ramsey, what am I going to do? Well, let's look at it from Shad Khan's angle then. You know, I've talked to Shad Khan a couple times. Great guy. He's not a Jerry Jones type, right? Like, he's he's not a guy who has his finger on the pulse when it comes to football, Brent. All right. Um, Shad Khan hires people uh, to kind of run the football operations for him, right? As opposed to Jerry Jones, who he's got to be seen. He's got to have his finger on the rosters and all this stuff. No, Shad Khan just, Shad Khan's got the money. Here's the people that he sees fit. And then he sits back and watches it. And for all intents and purposes, Shad Khan sit back and he sat back and watched what's transpired the past couple of years, had a great year in 2017, but everything else has been nothing short of a dumpster fire. So if you're a businessman, do you fire your best worker? And by best worker, I mean Jalen Ramsey, who is by far your most talented player on the team. Yeah. I mean, somebody say I'm wrong. Might not be your best guy. Might not be your best guy in the building. Yeah. But he's your most productive. Yeah. Say this was a salesperson. Yep. He's bringing in the most money. Yeah. Or do you fire the culture that cultivated this kind of behavior from Jalen Ramsey? Yeah, I don't. Here's the deal. The answer to that 100% and by the of the way, time. By the culture, that means the head coach. Yeah, 100% of the time, the answer to that, unfortunately for Doug Marone, and I, I don't, I actually think I've criticized Doug Marone for catering to the players more than I'll criticize him for the culture and all that other stuff. I think he kind of changed his style this year, and I think it's biting him in the butt. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about it a lot yesterday. We've, we've mentioned it several other times. I think he's protected players. He gave them an easier camp. He's listened to them. I mean, he kind of put it all on them and, and gave them this team, and here's where it's ended up right now. So I, I, this isn't against Doug Marone necessarily. you got to remember this guy helped bring him to an AFC championship game just a couple years ago. I think this is more about... 100% of the time, you're going to make that decision to be that star player is important. And that's what the players know, and that's where player empowerment comes in. Players usually win these things. Yeah. Now, you're not going to oust Bill Belichick if you go up against Bill Belichick. You're not going to oust mm. Pete Carroll, most likely. But let me ask you this question. Those guys didn't. Pete Carroll stayed, by the way. Those guys left in Seattle. No, I hear you. But let me ask you this quick question, though. Let's take Pete Carroll, for example. Give me, Pete Carroll got a middle finger from one from Earl Thomas leaving the field. But, but okay, let's think about this situation though, Brent. If there's a head coach like Pete Carroll versus who's a big star in the NFL right now, let's go Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. 
Uh, and this is awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm, this is not. Well, this is, this is a story. Give the guy on his team, yeah. Russell Wilson. Okay, Russell Wilson. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, l- l- let's say there's an accusation that both get in trouble for maybe like a domestic dispute. The the head coach or the player. When they're looking for a new job, because they're looking for a new job after that, who's getting picked up first? The head coach or the player? The player. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying anybody, because you know how I stand on that stuff. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, pick yeah. up anybody. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, I get your point. From, from that perspective, it's always the player. It is, it is. But I think it's there's an added twist to this one. Okay. It's not saying there's was more than one added twist. Mm-hmm. If, say, Shad Khan and Tom Coughlin say, okay, you know what? We want to keep this player, and we need him to be at least somewhat happy to be productive. What they risk is now saying, whoa. Who's the, really the vice president of football operations? Jalen Ramsey? I mean, is Jalen Ramsey now calling the shots? That's what you risk, right? It's why That's why where Doug Marone messed this up a little bit the other day is that he did not sit Jalen Ramsey for a couple of series at least. Mm-hmm. That's where he messed this thing up. And from a from a uh, culture and discipline standpoint, now that wouldn't have traded what Jalen Ramsey feels. He saw, I asked him a question in the news conference if he thought he would be disciplined. He looked at me like I had ten heads. I but it's like for what? <laughs> what do you mean? You nudged the coach and you yelled at the coach and, and you had the sideline off first. I mean, yeah. what do you mean for what? Yeah, yeah. Like that's what the world he lives in, though. Like it didn't even cross his mind that he would be disciplined for that. Yeah. I mean, we all debated whether he might be disciplined for that. So. It's always going to end up with the player, but they've got to be a little bit careful from a culture standpoint to say, okay, are we going to have rules and regulations even if it is a star player? Yeah. And And the problem here is these guys are all in a year where they are on the hot seat, essentially, and the the seat is getting hotter, really hot. And so that even magnifies it more for, I think, Shad Khan or if he's going to keep Tom Coughlin in that position to say – all right, what direction, where are we going to be in like five months? We're playing a backup quarterback for the next two months. We're already 0-2. Mm-hmm. In 2020, we might, whether Jalen Ramsey's here or not, we might not have Doug Marone anyway. I mean, that, that question is real. Yeah. How about this scenario? And I'm not uh, advocating for it. I'm just saying, could it happen really soon? This is a short week. If the Jaguars go to 0-3 on Thursday night, and look bad doing it, which, by the way, is not hard to do because Tennessee's embarrassed them on Thursday Night Football a couple times the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, could we see a change in Jacksonville from a head coach standpoint on Friday? I think it honestly comes down to, is it going to be Jalen first or the coaches? And, and I think you could honestly see that. Um, because you got to think, if you lose Jalen Ramsey, for whatever you get from him, I don't care if it's two first-round picks, you get another player, you're not going to replace Jalen Ramsey this year. Hands down. No, no. It's not going to happen, obviously. So then now all of a sudden your defense gets worse. Now all of a sudden, well, you know, that top wide receiver on your opposing team is going to get a little more catches and stuff like that. And you got to ask, what, is, what does it do for the team dynamic, Brent? If you lose a player like Jalen Ramsey, if he gets traded away, how does the team feel about that? If that's a shot the question, too. Yeah, and you just brought up two things that we're going to get to in the next two segments. The Jalen Ramsey special continues here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Jalen Ramsey all the time, baby. But the next one we're going to talk about is this locker room split for Doug Marone because of what we witnessed today, and I'll expand on that. That's coming up in a couple segments. Coming up next, have the Jags mishandled their stars? And is it starting to catch up with them? They've drafted a couple of these players. Hat tip, nice job. You got these guys. But wait a minute, now they can't keep him? Allen Robinson, Yannick Ngakwe's mad, Jalen Ramsey's mad. 
what's going on with the stars mm-hmm. and do the Jags not know how to handle it next on ESPN 690 uh, let, well, let's be clear about something I didn't leak that information me and my agent we, we are not the ones who leaked that information and I was very strict about that because I did not want it to get out and I don't I didn't want it to be a distraction I didn't want everybody asking my teammates all type of questions throughout the week so let, let me be real clear about that I was not the one me and my team we were not the one that leaked that information because I thought about my teammates I thought about stuff like that y'all need to ask the other side or whoever you want to play semantics on that one I, I found that very interesting first of all that he said that and I, I think he was actually responding to my question when I asked him are you a distraction to your team mm-hmm. and uh I don't know if he was answering it that way because he saw what I tweeted. Like when I said, hey, if you're listening to this stuff last night, I said it's all coming from the agent side because that's what happens. It comes from the agent side. Now, Jalen said it didn't come from their side, which I find interesting because if I tweeted last night, if you're I don't know if you follow me on Twitter or not, but I know I mean, you do. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, man, I kind of have to. But the funniest oh, tweet of the day to me was when Adam Schefter tweeted that his agent confirmed the story. So he, he tweeted that a, the agent confirmed that they, there is a trade request. And I was like, no way. Like, the yeah. agent probably gave you the story initially, <laughs> and then he later confirmed it, like, ten minutes later? Yeah. But well, now that I go, the agent did, you know. Well, but now that I go back to that, mm-hmm. and if you think about it, and from Jalen and what he said, is I didn't leak it. We didn't leak it. So maybe that's why Schefter did have to confirm it yeah. with the agent. So, I mean, that's, hey. I'll say, I'll say what I said because nine out of ten times, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why I tweeted that. But now, in hindsight, looking at it, if Jalen, and they didn't tweet it, and that's what he said. He went on the record today saying they didn't, uh, not tweet it, but share that information. Well, later his agent did confirm that he put a request in. And so the big question is, where did it come from? Did it come from another team? We suggested even maybe the Tennessee Titans, their, their opponent this week. Did it come from... Any team that might be interested, or I think the worst thing could happen comes from the Jags building because that's big problems if it came from the Jags building. That's that's a sabotage in some way, shape, or form, whether it's to the head coach, the front office, or the entire football team in this season where it could end up. And we just don't know. I'm not sure we'll ever know uh, the the answer uh, to that part of it. So um, I found that part very interesting that he did not leak. Now, There's one thing that I'm not going to let Jalen off the hook on, though. And this is where I go back to the distraction. If Sunday night, let's just say we don't know the exact time frame, frame, Mm -hmm. but if Sunday night they called the Jaguars up and said, hey, we're demanding a trade. Jalen, if you did that, that's still a selfish move. That is a distracting move. That is not beneficial to your teammates. Don't come across as, I'm trying to be this team player. I don't want my teammates to have to answer to any of this stuff. You just asked for a trade in the second week of the season. I'm not letting him off the hook on that. That's not, that. just because he tells us that he was trying to protect his teammates so they didn't leak it, he still asked for the trade two weeks into the season. That is a distraction. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, that's yeah. it. It is what it but, is. Yeah, but let's not get it twisted. I think Jalen Ramsey and his well-being or any football player's well-being will come before the team. If if, if 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 we don't agree with that, then all of a sudden we can say, well, Andrew Luck was in the wrong because he didn't think of the team when he announced his retirement. Just like with Jalen Ramsey, sir, you asked for a trade, you know, week three going into Tennessee, um, playing him at home Thursday night. Well, yeah, but it's for his well-being. Like, if he's not happy being in Jacksonville, if he's got a problem with Doug Marone or that culture or the locker room or whatever it is, because we don't have an exact pinpoint answer. But with whatever it is, 
his well-being should come first, Brent. Yeah, this might be semantics, but I'm just saying that's fine. Acknowledge it then. I yeah. had to do what I had to do. Yeah. Don't say that I'm the victim now and this got out there and I didn't want it out there and now it's affecting my teammates. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, yeah. I mean, and it's going to impact your teammates if you do that. Hey, Saqib's been hanging on the line for a long time, and I want to get to how the Jags treat their star players. Sure. Well, let's get to Saqib real quick and, and get his thoughts on this on the Jalen Ramsey front. What's up, man? Got to keep it somewhat quick. We're near the top of the hour. I know you've been hanging a while. Okay, so I told you guys that I want Marone gone, right? Marone is going to be gone within, I would say, weeks. I'm 100% sure of that. This guy is not a good head coach. But as far as Jalen Ramsey, the, the press conference that he had today was just disgusting, okay? If you want to trade, be a man and talk to the owner or Tom Coffin or somebody else, you and your agent. You don't do the stuff that you did to a curse and all the stuff that he did today was just bad. And I'm a Florida State fan. I love the guy, Okay. But what he did today was absolutely horrendous. And I hope he's also gone. And I hope Marone also gets fired because this was his fault, too. You guys have a good one. Thanks for hanging on the line, Saqib. This is my one issue, okay, Jags fans, and I will say this, and not just talking to you, Saqib, because I know a lot of people feel this way. You cannot always have it the way you want it. And what I'm saying by that is we in Jacksonville, I'll say we, okay, (laughs) We in Jacksonville, we want this football team that's good. We want them to be unbelievable human beings, do things in the community, want them to look the right way, say the right things all the time, and act the right way all the time. It's freaking professional sports, people. Well, you had it back a, in 2011. And how that pet turned out well. We had a bunch of great guys in the locker room, a bunch of guys that did community service 2011. How'd that turn out for everybody? You have to look yourself in the mirror at some point as a Jags fan and say, and this is where I say, I don't get rid of this guy. I have to put up with as much as I possibly can put up with and try to work this out before I get rid of this guy because I've been here 12 years and I've never seen a player like this. Mm -hmm. So I know you folks in Jacksonville that love the Jaguars and have been around here for a quarter of a century or two years and like the Jaguars, you have not seen a guy play like this. So you have to ask yourself, do we want players like this so we can win and try to get the ultimate thing of winning a Super Bowl, or do you just want a bunch of choir boy captains and, and guys that are just well, okay football players? You have to make that choice sometimes. And here's my problem with the whole he's a distraction thing, he's a detriment to the team. Let's quick go over the Jalen Ramsey checklist of everything that he's done so far while he's been here. He, he chewed out the media, you. Yeah, you know, blocked me. Chewed out the media. Well, that's fine, because you know what? If I go to a football game, Brent, and say I go to a Bills game, and the Bills fans give me crap and try to beat me up, you know what? Every single Bills fan that I see, whether they were there or not, I'm going to think less of that Bills fan, just like he thinks less of the media for a while. Uh, I'm not saying you're in the wrong, but there was somebody that obviously ticked him off. So you got that. You have the whole thing in the Brinks truck. You have... What else do you have? You have it all. We'll, we'll go over that list. Get, yeah, and we got to go to star list. treatment. And is it dividing the locker room? That's next on ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging with us. I don't want to keep on like running around y'all's questions. I'm not trying to be rude or nothing, but at the same time, I don't want to answer them either. Because <laughs> uh, okay. I don't want to be no distraction, man. I know y'all are going to make the headlines off of one little thing I'm going to say, so I'm trying not to say anything to make for y'all to really get a headline. I know, I know the deal, uh, and I don't want to give y'all a headline because I don't want it to become a bigger thing around here. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So I'm I'm just I'm chilling, man. I'm trying to be a good teammate. I'm I'm doing what I got to do. MJ in the back, J Rob in the back. They trying to come see what's up with me, like. And I'm trying to put out as much positive energy as I can. 
That's Jalen Ramsey today at that news conference, which at times was a little bit bizarre. And and I, listen, Jalen is so calculated and, and so intelligent. Always give him credit for being. I think he's a really smart guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's aware of a lot of things. He knows a lot of things. I think he knows usually when he says something. I think this one's tough for him. I don't think he knew how to present this one, especially. I give him credit again for getting in front of the media and talking about it. I was surprised when I saw the news that he was going to talk today. I really was. But I just don't think even he know, he doesn't want to give headlines and all like that's going through his mind because he doesn't want to have any trigger words or say something against Marone or Coughlin or the organization that will do that. Yet he, he's got to be aware that he's making headlines left and right. Heck, we're an hour into the show and we haven't said another name other than Jalen Ramsey. So maybe Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Thanks for hanging out with us. And we know a lot of you are hanging out with us right now. And we appreciate it. If it's your first time on the show, Brent Martineau here and uh, former Jags player, current MMA fighter, uh, Austin Lane, chiming in on the Jalen Ramsey front. Coos is here as well. Uh, so let's get to it. There's a lot to get to. The last thing he mentioned there was Miles Jack. And I want to get to that about the locker room in a moment. But I also don't want to let pass by what we talked about and teased. Mm-hmm. And this is about the handling of star players. First of all, I just brought up, and Saqib's point, was about the it was it was his view and so that led me into talking about star players in the fan base have to, there's a different thing for star players sometimes they're not going to be just this you know buttoned up and say the right things and always do the right things and and act the way you want to act mm-hmm. look around the NFL and that brings us to the treatment of star players are the jaguars just not used to this as an organization and not just this regime do they not know how to handle this very well? I go back to Maurice Jones-Drew. That was the latest one before the last few here. And Maurice Jones-Drew's contract. And that was a thing. And that's normal business sometimes. I don't think that was overblown. I don't think that was like way outside the box. That was normal business stuff. A guy holds out. There's a little rift sometimes. Ah, so be it. But now it starts to add up in a different way. They draft Allen Robinson in the second round. They don't keep Allen Robinson. He leaves. We talked to him at the Super Bowl. Let's be honest. He's frankly glad he left. Mm -hmm. And it's not that he's glad he left Jacksonville, not really even the organization. The constant turnover of coaches and offensive systems and all those things is what he brought up. And now you go to Yannick Ngakwe, a guy you draft and you find in the third round. You're supposed to keep him and give him a big deal. And they're not even talking. There's a stalemate. Now, is that some of the... Side of Yannick Ngakwe, absolutely. I don't put that 100% on the Jaguars. Uh, but it's some on the Jaguars for not getting a deal done. And I've always said for not even being at the table talking about it. Mm-hmm. And then the last one here now, the latest indicator, is everything that's going on with Jalen Ramsey. And Ramsey started this training camp by saying, hey, I'm not getting a deal this year. It's not going to get done. The organization's told me that. And it's not like he was okay with that, but he was kind of okay with that. And he was all for Doug. And and defended Doug about how he's handling camp a couple weeks into camp. Mm-hmm. Well, now that has obviously done a 180. And what happens to their best football player, Jalen Ramsey? Is this a Jaguars problem well, more than anything else? Time out, though. Before we talk about Doug, you know, with the training camp, let's rewind the clocks back a little bit and talk about what Tom Coughlin said, where, where he yeah, wanted 100 percent. You brought this up yesterday. Yeah. And this is a good reminder. Where, where he wanted 100 percent participation. Well, who wasn't there yeah. when Coughlin yeah, said that? At the time, that. it was Telvin and Jalen, right? Telvin and Jalen. Yeah. Now, Telvin was doing it with his own stuff and ends up not showing up, but then Jalen Ramsey. So basically, you can say, and I'll say it, uh, Tom Coughlin called out Jalen Ramsey. And, and Jalen didn't like that. No. The NFLPA didn't like that. No. 
But what do you think Jalen thought about that? This is a real question. Yeah. And if we see anything from Jalen, I would argue that he probably didn't like that too much. And that's obviously, I think that's something that's been building up. It's like I said, Brent, on the sideline. What you saw in Houston, it was the final straw. But I feel like this has been building and building and building till it finally erupted. And when you talk about with Jalen Ramsey, and I want to get into a little bit. I kind of talked about it the, the other time. How, how do you manage the star players? I mean, is Jalen Ramsey that high maintenance that you don't know how to handle him? Because let's go over the track record real quick of things that Jalen Ramsey has done. We've maybe shaken our head about or just kind of pointed at him saying, you know what, that's not a good team player. Things that stand out to me. Number one was the whole altercation with the media where he kind of chewed off the media, said the F-bomb, and I said, I kind of, I mean, I, I get it. If, if, if one media person says something that Jalen doesn't agree with, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, if he doesn't agree with it, Brent, you get, we all fall in that category then. We're all the media. There's a vendetta against the media now. Well, just to be clear, I was there that day. Yeah. Right? And that day was more about protecting the players. In, in fairness mm-hmm. to Jalen, now he didn't handle the whole situation right. This is not a defense no, of Jalen. No, no. Yeah. He didn't handle it on a lot of levels, quite frankly. But he didn't handle it well. At, but at the same time, just uh, to clarify, mm-hmm. I was there, and that was more because Dante and Yannick and I think James O'Shaughnessy or whatever had gotten into it. Mm-hmm. And there was video being played, and he... Even though it could be played and he couldn't control that situation, he tried to control that situation. That's why he got so miffed, and yeah. then the organization ended up suspending him. But I will say this about that. The organization, in my opinion, didn't suspend him just for the media outburst. There was other things probably that led up to that that they are like, all right, Jalen, slow down. That, in my okay. opinion, that's what probably happened, and then that was the capper. But I'm saying being, from, being a conscientious, conscientious observer, Brent, from what I've, I've taken in, I point at him freaking out on the media is why he got suspended. So if we say that he got suspended because he freaked out on the media, that's fine. He gets suspended. But I guarantee he goes in that locker room and his teammates are like, hey, dude, thanks for having my back. You know, like, thanks for having my back with the media because they're getting ready to share this video out. It would have put us in a good light when all of a sudden Jalen Ramsey, it's all good. So from that perspective, I think you got to say with Jalen Ramsey, at least he had his teammates back there. One example. Let's go another example. The whole GQ article. The GQ article, I get it. it probably wasn't the best timing. Um, shouldn't have said a lot of things that he said because now you're bringing distractions to your team. This is a distraction to your team because other teammates were getting asked about that GQ article. But let's be honest, too. I want to jump in on this. Everybody loved it when it came out. Yeah. We're all like, ah, that's awesome. That's yeah. funny. That's The the fans loved it. Everybody loved it. Yeah. Most, I won't say everybody. That's blanket statement but most people loved it it just that it backfired and it probably wasn't smart go ahead absolutely and i don't think it was his intent you know to just talk smack about the quarterback still time in the nfl i think that was just a quip of it that got taken out of context and obviously the gq ran that article because guess what that gets the most likes you saw it with baker mayfield this year and baker mayfield was bad mouthing uh daniel jones i mean they did the same thing this year and daniel uh baker mayfield had to come on and apologize all right so that's another example of maybe he's being a distraction to the team Give me some more, Brent. What else we got? We got, well, once again, not handling the media very well. Uh, Brinks truck, and, and, and we had the Brinks truck. Yeah. Where a, a guy showed up in, in a Brinks truck. Players have shown up in old cars. Players have shown up in hot air balloons. Players have showed up in military vehicles. This isn't the first time that someone showed up in an exotic vehicle to training camp. So those are the things. I can't really think of anything else. Now, yeah, he's been, you know, he's been chippy on the field, but that's what makes him so great. So I'm not going to fault that for being a distraction or being a bad teammate. So of, of all those things I just mentioned right now, of you know him quote-unquote being a bad teammate, I don't see anything that's a big deal. 
Jalen Ramsey's not out getting arrested. Jalen Ramsey's not out beating up people. Jalen Ramsey's playing football. And sometimes maybe he goes in GQ and talks track of crap about quarterbacks. Everything else, I'm cool with. Well, you know, listen, I've embraced the guy, too. I love the fun, the back and forth, the toughness of him, maybe sometimes even asking questions. Block me on Twitter. I don't care. That's All that stuff is fun with Jalen. He did do two things I think are a little bit different, Austin. Okay. He... Again, we, I don't call it a shove. He nudged and had a verbal and very public argument with his coach on the sideline. The head coach of the football team. The head coach. Not an assistant. Not another player. The head coach. And then on top of that, he demanded, or not demanded, asked for a trade. Mm-hmm. So those are two different things than everything else. I don't disagree with that on all the other things. I think that's what makes him Jalen Ramsey. I think that's what makes him somebody the Jaguars have never maybe seen in their franchise's history. And I embrace all that stuff. But when you nudge a coach and it, all that stuff's in public and you, you you disrespect your coach, too. You can talk about the coach disrespecting him, but he disrespected his coach as well. And then on top of that, you ask for a trade. Well, that brings it into a different stratosphere. Well, let me ask this question then. Say it was a, say it was Wash. Say Todd Wash and him guy who got into it. It would have been totally different. Totally different. Totally. But since it's the head coach. It is. But it's the you head don't coaches. think so? No, You're a former no, player. No, I absolutely agree because we're not talking about Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels anymore. And I, and I get that, you know, but Tom Brady went to Josh, Josh McDaniels back in the day. So from that perspective, well, yeah, Tom Brady went to Josh McDaniels because Josh McDaniels is the offensive coordinator because he was he's making the calls. Yeah, yeah. It was Doug Marone's call to either throw the flag or not, you know, the, the challenge flag. True. No, I, I'm not saying that he shouldn't have threw it, whatever, whatever the, the case may be. I'm just saying that, yes. But of course, Ramsey went after the guy who was in charge of, you know, listening to Ramsey and throwing the challenge play. And you can't but do it. But of course. And you can't do it. You can't do it the way he did it in terms yeah. of if there was contact made. I just yeah. don't think you no, can do it yeah. with the head I coach. Mean, you, you, yeah, you can't have contact with your coach. I, I will agree with you on that. Hey, we got to bring in uh, ESPN's Jason Fitz right now. And sorry, man, to keep you hanging. We're all over the Jalen Ramsey front. Has it hit Bristol, Connecticut, Nashville, Tennessee, and everywhere else? Well, yeah, no, I mean, I'm listening to your conversation, and I think it's really actually a great debate you're having because this is what everybody's trying to get a sense of. And, and look, when we're trying to figure out what the value of a player is, sometimes I think you have to look outside the box of where they are right now and ask what the value of that player would be to any other franchise. And I think the value of Jalen Ramsey to any franchise right now is massive. I mean, if there's somebody that can acquire Jalen Ramsey, they're going to. And that's a statement to what the rest of the league believes and who the rest of the believe, believes he is as a teammate. I mean, uh, it, it, yes, is he fiery? Yes, is, is he sort of a handful of times? Maybe, but to the point you guys have been having the discussion on, like he's not a cancer. He's not somebody that's had these off-the-field issues. He's one of the best at his position, and he's somebody that people will pay a premium to get. That says something about his value on and off the field. This is so different, Jason. Jason Fitz from ESPN. You can hear him on uh, Golik and Wingo in the morning and, and college football Saturdays to start your day. And we'll get into more of that in just a little bit. But this is something that's different in Jacksonville. You know, we were talking about how Jacksonville and the Jaguars organization treat star players. And I think this is becoming a bit of an issue and a topic because Allen Robinson was here. And now he signed a big deal and he's playing in Chicago. Yannick Ngakwe is due a big contract at some point in the next year. And they are at a stalemate. The talks are not good with Yannick Ngakwe. And now Jalen Ramsey, who is not due for a contract right now. It would be after this season where that would start to come up, whether he wants one or not. So the organization is not in the wrong there. But I do think this is somewhat different here in Jacksonville 
to have all these big-time star players inside that building and how you treat them and what you do with them. Meanwhile, in New York, in Dallas, and places like that, they're kind of used to this thing. Well, you're not wrong. And, you know, then it raises the question of what's the expectation, you know, and that's something that, you know, I can speak to as having covered the Titans for so many years in Nashville, what you're talking about and the way star players were treated and trying to figure out how to to reward people that are important to the franchise is something that the Titans have struggled with at different times in their organization. And every organization has got to decide what's important to them and what gives them the best opportunity to win. But when you already have – Tom Coughlin running an organization that is a Tom Coughlin organization, there's going to be a certain perception around that, uh, you know, and, and what you're willing to play around stylistically, the same thing you battle in New York, and then they've got to figure out what that means to them now. And, and when you talk about the money being spent, the real question is, you know, for what? You know, what is the expectation for the Jacks? Because this defense and all the stars you're talking about is supposed to be one of the best defenses in the league. At times it's looked like it, at times it hasn't. So if you're looking at it from an organizational standpoint, trying to figure out who to pay and how to value everybody, you know you have great players, but it's not to get enough to get you over the hump. That has to mean something, too. So there isn't a real easy answer on this for the organization either. Jason Fitz with us from ESPN. All right, outside perspective, perce- uh, perception on this. What is it? Does it look like Jacksonville's a circus all of a sudden because of the Jalen Ramsey stuff? They have a must-win game against your hometown Tennessee Titans coming up on Thursday night. Jaguars cannot lose. The season is unraveling if they lose this football game, and it might even be over at 0-3 and going 0-2 in the AFC South. I mean, does it look a little bit like a circus, a sideshow from the outside looking in a couple thousand miles away? I don't think it does because it's Jalen Ramsey. And, and you know, as, as crazy as that might sound, uh, I heard you guys having the debate about the Brinks truck, and, I, you know, I think it's a fair point. I mean, those sorts of things are done by flamboyant personalities. When you've got a corner that's known to be a big personality that's stepping out and being a big personality, it doesn't really – like, how often do we sort of shrug our shoulders and say, well, that's what a wide receiver does. Well, you shrug your shoulders and say, yeah, that's what that's how a corner acts. And there's certain positions and certain personalities we accept it from now. That crosses the line when you when you bump into a coach on the sideline. There's no doubt about that. But I don't think that makes the entire organization perceived as a, a as some sort of chaotic circus. Realistically, there's a huge opportunity, and that's what everybody's losing sight of at this point, is that the Colts don't look particularly great. The Texans have looked, eh. The Titans, I don't think, are a great football team. There's an opportunity to win the division if they can straighten things out. That's just a big if. But at the end of the day, they have all the talent in the world. So, you know, the one thing that will make all of this circus end is if they just start winning football games. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's the thing, Jason. You bring up a great point. If the Jaguars make that two-point conversion in Houston on Sunday, I think there's a real chance Jalen Ramsey and Doug Marone hug it out after the game. I mean, that's how different that's how different winning and losing is in the NFL. I mean, it's that crazy. That's You can let things slide. You, you dismiss it. You forgive it. And then if you lose... Well, it's a different animal uh, when when that comes into play, and it's fascinating. I didn't catch you this morning, and I show I didn't catch a whole show, I should say. I, I'm not sure if you joined the the guys. Go look at Wingo. What I talked about, uh, Jalen Ramsey to me is the most branded Jacksonville Jaguar player in their history already, surpassing Maurice Jones-Drew. My question to you is. Was there some Ramsey talk today <laughs> up there on the national airwaves across the country? Because there's not many players that get that spotlight here in Jacksonville. 
Yeah, there was. Uh, there was a little Ramsey talk, and I think, you know, there's sort of a, as we left the office today, one of the things that everybody said is let's keep an eye on what happens with Jalen. And to your point, Jalen Ramsey's going to be a star wherever he goes. I mean, and, he, and nobody's going to be faulted for what they give up for him. I mean, ultimately, realistically, if we find out today that the Raiders, for example, uh, send a bunch of draft picks over or they send a draft pick and a player over and they sign him to a mega deal all at once, are people really going to fault the Raiders for that? No, I mean, it, it, there, there is a certain level of you're just so stinking good that the rest of it's acceptable, and I think that's where everybody is on Jalen Ramsey. There, there, there really is not a fan base that won't throw a ticker tape parade just for acquiring him as a player, which is ultimately a statement, by the way, to why the Jags need to find a way to keep him. And that, that's ultimately what would be the best outcome for this, is if somehow, some way, peace can be made. I just don't know how you get a lot of people with a lot of ego, and I don't mean ego in a negative way. When you are at the best at what you do, you're allowed to have confidence and ego in what that is. So whether it's coach or whether it's your GM or whether it's your player, they've all got to swallow what that ego is and find a way to work it out because that's what gives the Jags the best hope today to win football games. Jason Fitz from ESPN with us, and I know we got you late. That was my bad, by the way, because we're so Jalen Ramsey everything right now. Uh, but I don't want to let you go without asking you a college football question uh, or two. What should take away from the weekend? Florida loses uh, Felipe Franks. Could be a big blow to them, or maybe Trask becomes Minshew magic that we have here in Jacksonville, although he hasn't produced any wins yet. Uh, and Florida State continues to find ways to lose. How about the rest of the college football world? What was your big takeaway? Well, I think the Felipe Franks' uh, injury is a big deal because Florida's trying to take a step forward. And, and really, it's also a big deal the way that game ended because Kentucky finds a way to lose again. Just when you thought that Kentucky had found a way to sort of get out from under the schneid when it comes to playing Florida, uh, they, they just can't get it done. And, you know, that I think that was one of the bigger takeaways from over the weekend. Florida's not going to turn out to be a great football team, in my mind, without Felipe Franks. We needed Felipe Franks to take a step forward to see the best that Florida has to offer. That that doesn't look like it's going to happen. And Florida State, you know, I feel like it's our weekly opportunity to just acknowledge that Willie Daggett has, has turned it into a dumpster fire. And, you know, that's it's 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 shocking. It's, it's every bit as shocking to me. What's happening in Florida State and what's happening in, in Knoxville uh, with the Volunteers are two, uh, two things I just cannot wrap my head around so uh, those were the two big takeaways from from last weekend to me and i think we'll get a lot uh, a lot of sense this weekend in the sec particularly what georgia looks like against notre dame is going to be our big takeaway this weekend jason my biggest takeaway and listen when we're the dog days of summer talking college football trying to preview the college football playoff i think a lot of people shared my opinion where oh here we go again it's going to be alabama and clemson for whatever the fourth time you know it's, it's like rocky four it may have been the best movie but people kind of want to see something new and as we enter the season, we're starting to see an Alabama team now where their defense isn't up to par, I feel like. I, I, saw, an, I saw a South Carolina team put up 459 yards and score 23 points on Alabama. You're not used to seeing that. And I see a Clemson team that, by all things considered, Trevor Lawrence isn't playing up to the, to the standard that he set for himself last year. I mean, is it out of the realm of possibility to say that we may not be seeing Alabama-Clemson for the college football playoff, especially in the championship game? I mean, if I had to bet my house on it, I wouldn't bet against it because that's just for the odd state. But you're a thousand percent right. And I'll go back to what Nick Saban said this summer, and I think everybody should keep their eyes on. He said it this summer at ESPN that he was worried about their depth and their youth on the defensive side of the ball, particularly linebacker and defensive line. They hit some injuries before the season even started because, frankly, he practices that team harder than a lot of teams play in games. So, you know, now he's got a decimated defense that is young, 
they're not playing well. And you're a thousand percent right that Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, let's face it, people were trying to make him the next John Elway six months ago, has looked human in his first two games. And that's not a great sign for Clemson because Clemson doesn't have a tough opponent left. So, you know, you can make the argument that he's going to get it right, but he's not going to get it right against any quality opponent. So now you have to start to look at some of those other teams out there, Oklahoma with Jalen Hurts, uh, Ohio State with Justin Fields, as well as those teams are playing, as efficient as those teams are playing. I do think that if you go with the any given Saturday, I can make a better argument than I have in a long time to any given Saturday, especially Alabama is susceptible, and if Trevor Lawrence doesn't get better, they're, they're susceptible to Clemson too. And Jason, real quick, I, I, I wouldn't be a good friend if I didn't bring up UCF. I think my friend's already getting tickets for the college <laughs> football playoff. But let's be honest here. UCF handles Stanford pretty handily. It's not UCF's fault that Stanford had some injuries and they came in there kind of injured. And it's not UCF's fault that they might go undefeated now all of a sudden and run the table. And if they do... I mean, does UCF warrant a college football playoff spot? Have we asked that question before? Oh, three years in a row. (laughs) You know, and the funny thing is, I've been saying this all week as loud as I can when it comes to UCF. This is one of the just the grossest things about the college football system at this point is that last year we sat during the playoff time and we said, you know what, next year's going to be different because UCF plays Stanford and they're such a quality opponent that you get the opportunity to judge them. And now they go in and they just crush Stanford. And what do we immediately say? Well, They've got some injuries. Stanford's not as good this year. They just lost to USC. Like, you know, they, they just can't get any luck or love on this. And there's a, I've sat in the committee room, gone through the mock committee process. There is a belief for people on the, in, in the committee. Uh, there's a belief that if you put UCF in the SEC, they just wouldn't be as good week in and week out. I don't know how you change that belief when it's something that simply can't be proven. It's a broken system that doesn't let UCF have a shot. But I don't think uh, they could run the table and win every game by 40, and I still don't think the committee's going to let them in. Yeah, somebody's got to get them into a Power Five because I think they're better than half the Power Five teams in the country right now. I mean, it's unbelievable. Clear as day. And and they face a huge dilemma because now if you're Michigan, you're Wisconsin, if you're one of these big schools, why the heck would you schedule UCF? You don't stand a chance. There's no good from it. If If you win, all you did is what was expected. And if you lose, then you hurt yourself. So why would anyone even schedule them out of conference? when we're looking four or five years ahead now. So you're right. UCF needs to find a home in a spot where they can be the program they can be. Good stuff. Jason Fitz from ESPN, and uh, I appreciate you hanging with us today. We're at a lot of Jalen Ramsey stuff. I'm a terrible host. I got you a little bit late, so I hope I didn't make you late for anything else. But we'll catch you on College Game Day mornings uh, with Maria Taylor and David Pollock. I know that's going really well, so you can catch it on all the social media apps for ESPN, and, of course, on Golik and Wingo right here on ESPN 690 in the morning. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Thanks. Y'all have a great week. All right. Jason Fitz from ESPN joins us each and every Tuesday when uh, I don't forget at 4 (laughs) o'clock. We appreciate him hanging on. Good stuff on the college football front. We go right back to Jalen Ramsey right after this. Conversation I want to get into. I asked, Miles Jack was in that room today when he was there. Miles Jack just got paid. Miles Jack has no beef with this organization. He just got $33 million guaranteed a year earlier than, well, months earlier than he even expected if he was going to get paid. But he's in Jalen Ramsey's corner. Does that split the locker room? Do we have a split locker room on Doug Marone in the front office and everything else here in Jacksonville? And how big of a problem is that? The former player will talk about it. Austin Lane, Brent Martineau, Coos on a Tuesday. Ramsey all the time on ESPN 690. I have nothing bad or negative to say at all about uh, anybody in this building. It happens. It is what it is. I think everybody, for the most part, knows what's up. So I don't really too much want to speak on it and give no detail. I'm going to let 
I'm going to let God do his work. I'm going to let my agent do his work and everybody going to work it out. And I'm going to focus on what I can focus on. And right now, that's being a good teammate still while I'm here. Get ready for the game, supporting my guys, and just being Jalen, man, at the end of the day. A little third person in there. I love that. While I'm here in there. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask him about this. And it got too far down the road, and you can only ask so many questions, and it wouldn't have made sense going back to it. But what I don't understand is that was early in the news conference, I think, is where that came from, Coos. And he said, everybody knows what's up. And I don't think that's crystal clear. I don't think everybody knows what's up. First of all, you didn't come out and say necessarily that, yes, I have demanded a, uh, or I have asked for a trade. But he also didn't deny it. So I guess he kind of did say it. Mm-hmm. But what is up? Why is he unhappy? And I thought Mark Long brought up a couple questions. And it, and it was one was. Doug Marone and the scheme and Todd Wash and the scheme and how he's being used. One, he doesn't have a contract yet. I mean, what is it? What, like, what is the actual, or is it the organization and how they've handled not signing Jan or making the moves they've made? No Deshaun Watson, no uh, Patrick Mahomes, people have suggested. Instead, they picked Leonard. I mean, I don't know. What is it? Why is he in this? Do you think it is one over the other? I think it's one over the other, but the point is what Jalen Ramsey did. He's not in the spot to say what's up because if he does, if, if he says, yes, I'm tired of Doug Marone, yes, I'm tired of our defensive coverage, yes, I'm tired of the picks that we you know, make in the draft, whatever it is, if he says what exactly the problem is, Brent, then that is a distraction because the headlines the next day are going to read, oh, Marone loses locker room, Ramsey sped up with Marone, or it's the Jaguars can't draft right, uh, horrible draft picks lead to Jalen Ramsey leaving town. Like, that's a distraction right there. By him not saying what the problem actually is and just kind of deflecting that question say what you want but i think it's helping the team out i I really do and maybe they feel that way too i mean that i'm just saying from a again listening to his words i don't know what's up like he he thinks we all know what's up like we don't i don't think we do know what's up unless you're smarter than me you're just assuming you know if I think I could ask, if you ask a poll question, John Bachman, welcome in, and they're going to do a poll question tonight on Action News Jacks, CBS 47 and Fox 30. And if you ask the poll question and you said, hey, why does he want a trade? Is it coaching and scheme? Is it no contract yet? Or is it the organization and the way they've handled things? I think you'll get but percent votes uh, to, for to all To Austin's point, the answer is yes to all three. Right, and he can't say it. And I don't. I don't. I think he, by him saying everybody knows what's up, he's that's his way of saying it without saying it. And he can't say it, and so therefore he's he's playing the game. He's playing the game, and to his credit, he's playing it brilliantly. Right? He can't mm-hmm. say it, and I think that's what Austin's saying. And I, I agree with you 100. percent I mean, there's if he were to that's not allowed on this show. 100. <laughs> I appreciate it, John. Man. Give Austin yeah. some love over Very here. Very rare. Let's go, let's go ahead and make that a button. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you can, what 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 can he? But I but I, to to your to answer your question for him, if I may, the answer is yes on all of those accounts. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any doubt. Okay, get to, I got to get to this this part of it because I've teased it and uh, and and I want to know this. Miles Jack was at that news conference. Uh, there were a couple of players there. Miles Jack was one of them, no, most notable, and not shy about being there either. But just hung in the back. Jalen acknowledged him there, and I said before the break, Miles Jack, 
I don't think has a bone of contention with the organization. He just got paid $33 million about five months before he thought he'd get paid $33 million guaranteed. He's got the third highest contract in the NFL. This is an organization that took a chance on him, even though everybody else was talking about a knee. Not only that, they said that he wouldn't be able to get to a second contract. Many critics did. And here the organization is re-signing him and taking care of Miles Jack. So I can't believe Miles Jack has an issue with the organization, right? I mean, mm, yeah. he? I don't think well, he would. But he's okay. supporting Jalen Ramsey, who does have an issue with the organization, or at least the head coach. Does that create a divided locker room? Do you think right now, if you had the 53 players in there, that that locker room is somewhat divided on management, Marone, Wash, the defensive coordinator, to some degree? Yes. So let me address the Miles Jack thing really quick first. Let's keep in mind who Miles Jack is right now as a Jacksonville Jaguar. He's a guy that just got paid a brand new paycheck, and he's now the third highest paid linebacker in the entire NFL. And he's a captain this of the football is, team. I was going to say that. Sorry. So he's a captain of the football You're fine. He's a captain of a football team, and he's really the guy that you're going to make the face of your defense going forward, regardless if they pay Jan, regardless if they pay Ramsey, because them getting that contract done right now shows that Miles Jack is valued as the face of that defense. So now let's fast forward to today. And you have this whole thing with Jalen Ramsey. Is he a good teammate? Is he a bad teammate? Yada, yada, yada. Well, the face of the franchise on your defense is in the back room of a press conference addressing a situation supporting Jalen Ramsey. Now, Clayus Campbell wasn't there, I don't think. But the fact that, listen, how many players do you see just go to a random press conference that's, you know, three or four minutes long? When I played... Not a lot of guys know that. That scene, by the way, I should paint that picture. That scene is very unusual. The last time you see players at another player's press conference is when they retire. Paul Mm -hmm. Puzlozny, Josh Scobie, David Garrard, those kind of guys. When they retire, that's when you see them. You don't see this. So here's my point. It wasn't like Miles Jack was standing back there and saying, "Ah, well, middle finger, see you later, Jalen Ramsey's my team now. On the contrary, I think that Miles Jack was there to support Jalen Ramsey. And if that's the case, the captain of the team who's given all the calls on defense, well, guess what? The locker room's going to follow what the captain does, Brent. Whether it's Calais Campbell or Miles Jack, they follow what the captain does. So, what is that? I ask the question. Are they against Marone or are they, you know, are they cool with everybody? I don't know exactly, but I will say this. When you start losing and you, you start pointing fingers, they're not going to point at each other, Brent. They're going to point someplace else. They're not going to point at themselves in the locker room. They're not going to point at the captain, uh, Miles Jack. They're not going to point at Jalen Ramsey. you got to point somewhere else. Where do you point to? The coaches. So here's my poll question. I actually, um, I, I, I think I, I should know exactly what our poll question is that's going to be coming up on Action News Jacks. Uh, I don't know exactly where we ended up with this related to Jalen, obviously. But my question is, after the dust settles here, are we out Jalen or out Marone or out both? Well, because it in my opinion, we're kind of well. Yes, I guess. Well, but if I you just, asked me this question in January. Might be both. Well, correct. But if then later I, this then, week. But then the question is. So I guess really the question is if if we if the Jags were to get rid of Marone, could they keep Jalen? Well, they keep Ramsey. And, that's, and if they can, is that, I mean, I get, cause in the end, there's a real good chance if they get rid of Ramsey that, that, that we're, I mean, we're already kind of going down the path of we probably won't make the play. I mean, we're a long ways away from not making the playoffs, but obviously we're not trending in the right direction. And if we end up getting rid of Ramsey, we trend even further down that road, right? So there is a good chance that we don't make the playoffs. And then after the year, Coach Marone is gone anyway. So, 
then it begs the question: What do we? How, how do? What's our best? What's the best option? Well, I think that's Shad Khan's dilemma, and right. we talked about it earlier in the show yeah. like this because Shad Khan has to decide: You have a a a massive brand and a great player on your football team that some, quite frankly, can be a pain in the butt to deal with. Bottom line, I mean. Yep. Inside that building, I can't imagine this is hunky-dory fun to deal with. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm stretching it to say, these last couple of days have been a pain in the butt to deal with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? As a fan, it's I, been I, Am I hammering Jalen Ramsey if I say that? <laughs> no. I think that's no, yeah. fact. Yeah. Uh, so you have that. But again, I think the brand is so big here. He helps. He people. We just had Jason Fitz on from ESPN. He said they were talking about Angolic Wing and Wingo today. Yeah, it's not great press, but they're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. When he makes all pro and Pro Bowl, and when he shuts down Hopkins, they talk about on NFL Network and ESPN, they talk about Jalen Ramsey. They talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. If I'm the owner, oh, I love that. I haven't had that in a long, long time. Have you ever had it? Who, who, what other well, player on the Jags would rise? I, anyway, I, the only I don't one, that, only that, one yeah. is Maurice Jones-Drew. That's yeah, the one I go back right. to. He's Fair the only enough. one that really had carried that, unless you're just winning football games. People yes. are talking about the Jags in 2017 sure. because they're winning a ton of football sure. Games and they were in the mix and they were very relevant. So I also presented the idea that if they lose Thursday night and they go to 0-3, well, there's a chance they could just fire Doug Marone on Friday morning. They've got a longer week to adjust. They've got a couple extra days. And that could be their salvage time for not only Jalen Ramsey, but also to to restart this season, hit the reset button, and maybe get some fire under some people's butts to play well over the last 13 games of the year. So I think it could be anywhere in between, John. I mean, when you ask who's going to be around, I mean, if you ask in January, maybe both are gone. I don't think both are here. I think that would be unlikely. And if I'm Shad Khan, and once again, I'm treating this like a business right now. You know, I'm a businessman. And when I hear that there has been any kind of communication between Doug Marone and Jalen Ramsey. If I'm Shad Khan, I'm marching. I don't know if I'm on my yacht. I don't know where I'm at right now, but I'm coming from my office. I'm going directly to the stadium. I'm pulling Doug Marone in, and I'm pulling Jalen Ramsey in. And I'm sitting them both down, and I go talk. What what is the issue? What what is going on here? And I'm just gonna spill it out there. I'm like, listen, we need to fix this right now. We need to figure out what we can do to salvage this stuff. Because Jalen don't want to lose you. Doug don't want to see you go. But the way this raid is going, you both will be gone. But is that really Shad Khan's deal? I mean, Shad probably is just, that should be Caldwell or Coughlin. He'd probably march in there and call Coughlin and be like, you got to go get those guys. This is what I'm paying you for. But yeah, and if if I'm Shad Khan, yeah, you hire those people. You pay these people the money. But that's my question then. Then you ask the question if I'm Shad Khan, uh, let's not stop with. J, you know, Ramsey yeah. and Marone, let's look higher up because well, a great point. ultimately that's what I'm paying these guys to do. Well, they are yeah. under fire this year. They are under at least the spotlight this year, not yeah. fire. The seat no. is getting hotter. Sure. The fire is starting to burn. And yeah. it's not just Doug Marone, I don't think. I think it is everybody in that front office. By the way, the poll question on Action News Jacks, and you can go to actionnewsjacks.com slash vote, is what should the Jags' next move be? Fire Doug Marone, trade J- Jalen Ramsey now, ignore the request, pay Jalen, make peace. Right now, Fire Doug Marone is at 52% in the lead. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a that's, live that's rep- very similar to the poll that I posted yesterday on it Twitter, is. which, by the way, had the similar results. The one thing about it is people love to fire everyone, man. I know. I mean, they do. I, I I'm not you. saying it's Why wrong. can't we work it out? I, I mean, is there a chance? We, you said there's no chance that both of them are here. Why can't we work it out? We're all adults here. Maybe maybe you, yeah. pay, maybe you pay Ramsey. 
and say, uh, hey, are we really all adults here, though? I, well, all the time. I don't know. All the time. Egos get in the way, and that takes adulthood we're away. Supposed I don't to care, man. Even when kids act up, you sit them down until they work things out. So, whatever you want to do, sit them down and let them hash it out. Catch John Bachman yeah. on Action News Jack, CBS 47, Fox 30, coming up in 15 minutes. You better I go better with run. a live report from the stadium <laughs> as well on the Ramsey front. Yes. Thanks, yes. man. Thanks, guys. All right, when we come back, split locker rooms. How often do they happen? You've been in a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Austin Lane answers that on ESPN 690. Well, I play mad. I play mad all the time. I play, I play, that, I play like that. I play with a lot of emotion all the time. Uh, that little incident it was an incident. I mean, it didn't carry up. Like, what it, what, I don't know what it happened in the first quarter, second quarter. I'm not sure. But it didn't carry on the whole game. Like, boom, we dropped it. And we went out and we had a hell of a game the rest of the game. The defense, we played really good out there. We, uh, the DBs, we strapped up. We did our thing. So I didn't let it affect my play, didn't let it affect anything out there. What coach said, he said he don't recall what happened, right? So, y'all go off that. <laughs> I mean, this is the most bizarre news conference, yet awesome, in a yeah. way. You know, I mean, it's unbelievable. Brent Martin, a former Jags player, Austin Lane, Coos is here as well as we continue to talk Jalen Ramsey. And what's interesting about, again, I continue to dissect his words, Mm-hmm. In today's news conference, and not in a negative way against Jalen, just trying to figure out what his interpretation of a lot of this is. Because, yeah, he's requested a trade, but he might be here Thursday night. And while he says he forgot it and then he played a heck of a game, which he did, well, he obviously didn't forget too much about it because it looks like hours later he requested a trade. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the tipping point of all this as far as we can understand. So... Fascinating discussion. What would you give up or want for Jalen Ramsey? Seriously. <laughs> uh, and listen, uh, listen, we yeah. can go crazy. I think the barometer, really the barometer on this, and it doesn't mean you'll get this deal. And I said this last night on TV on Jags Report Live uh, from Top Golf on CBS 47. Larry Tunsil went for two first round picks and a second round pick. I've been told I was asking around and I heard Jags won't get that. They won't get that because of the value of the position. I mean, I would take Jalen Ramsey over Laramie Tunsil any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Anybody would. But the value of the left tackle position versus the value of the cornerback position, it would would negate so, that. Is what I've been is what I was told. I'm not, I I don't necessarily agree totally. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, hey, wait a minute. The other part of this is, and this is why I tweeted last night that go call Bill O'Brien. He'll give the entire state of Texas away yeah. because everybody thinks that that move for Laramie Tunso was ridiculous, what the Texans did. It was almost malpractice, what they did, to give away that much. And so, bottom line is, another team is not coming in and likely giving two firsts and a second for Jalen Ramsey. And on top of that, whether you like it, don't like it, want to admit it, don't want to admit it, they would have to, and I use air quotes here, deal with Ramsey. Laramie Tunsil's not a guy you're going to have to deal with. Yes, he had that draft day stuff, but ever since then, it's not like you've never heard of Laramie Tunsil's name mentioned ever since. So from an organizational standpoint, you're taking a bit of a risk. You're not taking an Antonio Brown risk, but you're taking a little bit of a risk and bringing in a player like Ramsey. What if he's not happy in six months? What if he's not happy in a year? Is he going to ask for a trade? Yeah. So you got to be a little – does that lower the price? No, it absolutely does not lower the price, first of all, because, once again, what you have to deal with. What are you dealing with with Jalen Ramsey? Like, I don't know in the locker room if he's just some kind of guy that we don't get to see behind closed doors, but what I go off of is 
Listen, the, the biggest thing that is a detriment to Jalen Ramsey is the thing that makes him so great, and it's the belief in himself, okay? It's the fact that every time Jalen Ramsey goes on a football field, regardless of who he's going against, he tells himself that he is indeed the best corner in the NFL, and he's one of the best football players in the NFL. And maybe sometimes that boils over to the sidelines, and you see the meltdowns, and you see him you know, being ticked off after the game to the media. Well, that's a, a correlation of him just being, you know what, I'm the best player right now, and we didn't win a ball game. Whatever. So, if you want to fault a guy for having that much confidence in himself, for being, you know, that much ego-driven, and we we say ego-driven like it's a bad thing sometimes. Peyton Manning had a big ego. He did. Michael Jordan? If you want to be great, you have a big ego. You have to have a big ego. I have a huge ego. I I think you're pretty chill, man. You're all right. I'm not great then. Okay. okay. You didn't see the correlation. Uh, I guess not. No, no, no. No, but, but hey, I want to get on you for this though. Okay? Get on, yeah, let's go. Because on. I think you dismiss. I, I think that's too dismissive. Okay. I think it's too dismissive to say, "Hey, I want to win. I'm so competitive, so I can do whatever the hell I want to do. It's my team." I think there's a difference there. I think it's okay. I can appreciate your competitive nature. And I said this at the top of the show, man. And this is why I wrestle with Jalen Ramsey sometimes sure. in my own mind. I respect the heck out of what you did for a living, what these guys do for a living. I've said on this show I wouldn't do it for a million dollars, jump in there for a series. It's a violent game, yeah. and, and I genuinely believe it. I respect football players. Well, and that's why I work with you, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I, res- I respect the heck out of Jalen Ramsey because I think he is unbelievable mm-hmm. as a player. I really do. I respect the fact that I like having a guy like this in town that we can go back and forth with. When, when Jalen Ramsey came here, when you go back and forth and you have some of these things, to me it felt like, oh, okay, this is what it's supposed to be like in the NFL. You know why? Because sometimes you have to deal with some of these things uncomfortable maybe at times uh, from a fan perspective, a team perspective, maybe even a media perspective, but it means that you have a good player and a really good player. And I'm okay with that stuff. But there is a line of selfishness that in, again, I'll say it and you guys all say it. And I've been told this ever since I was freaking born. It feels like that football is the ultimate team game. Yes, I know what branding is important. Yes, it's a business. Yes, it's professional. You have to worry about yourself, all those things. But when does it cross the line and say, what happened to the ultimate team game? What about going out there? and Yeah, Jalen, you can act whatever way you want to act, and you can perform like you did on Sunday and perform great. But what's the trickle down? You've got a quarterback starting his second game in his career this week on a short week, and the entire football team's dealing with all this stuff. I think they're – so. While you're a little bit dismissive of, hey, and, and you're not the only one, he's a competitor. He wants to win. That's why he's doing all this stuff. Okay, I get it. I can appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But there is a line of selfishness, and you well, have to wonder where that line gets crossed and if Jalen sometimes crosses it. And, and to be fair, I, I'm not saying like what he did on the sidelines in Houston, it, it wasn't right, because I'm saying it was wrong. You know, he, he shouldn't have, it shouldn't have escalated that much on the sidelines in Houston with him and Doug Marone. I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you that. Um, I think as a football player, um, you know, as a guy who spent some time uh, on teams, I think if a teammate of mine did that, the teammate would be in the wrong. So, so, I mean, I'll, I'll come out by saying that. Is that kind of you roll? Do you roll your eyes as a teammate of that? You're like, oh, come on. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, do you do that? I don't know. I'm asking. I don't yeah. I mean, you, you almost have to. But here's the thing, Brent. And if you watch that video and listen, I, I've seen the video a couple of times. And when Doug Marone goes back and says something, watch the reaction yeah, of the other players on the bench because they stand up like a bomb just got dropped. I know. So, well, that's we why I asked know, you, is the locker room split? Well, and the, here's the thing, though. We don't know what Doug Marone said to Jalen Ramsey to escort that situation either. 
Okay. It was probably something to the effect of don't ever touch me again. Maybe, Brett, but we're speaking of speculation because we don't know, okay? Like, I honestly have no idea. Was it something personal? Was it just a general broad statement? We really don't know, and guess what? Doug Brolin ain't going to talk about it because he's saying he doesn't run the situation. So that's going to be for maybe another former player one day to come out and write a book, and we'll learn what happened at the sidelines. But for me and you sitting here, we just don't know. But I'm just saying from the forms of just other teams looking at Jalen Ramsey right now, is he a distraction to our team? Go ahead and call him a distraction. Go ahead and call him a nuisance if you want. But all I know is that no other player in the NFL is going to hold Hopkins to five catches for 40 yards. That's true. Okay? And if you want to talk about, what do you keep Doug Marone or do you keep Jalen Ramsey? Listen, I love Doug Marone. He's a great guy. But Doug Marone ain't going to go out there and cover the one receiver and hold him down to below 50 yards a catch. Jalen Ramsey is, though. I'm just saying. I agree with you on that, man. You've got to find a way to keep this guy. Don't trade yeah. him away. And what could you trade him for? I, not enough. Exactly. <laughs> the best answer right there, not enough. Two first-rounders, uh, I, don't think, I don't think that's enough. <laughs> well, two first-rounders might be enough. Yeah. <laughs> More to come on ESPN 690 right after this. Jalen Ramsey all day. I have nothing negative to say about none of my teammates, of course, none of my coaches. No, I don't got nothing negative to say. So you're not going to get that from my guy. I mean, I'm just here doing what I can do. I, I, I let God handle all that and... When, when guys do get paid what they have earned and they're deserving of, I'm super happy for them. Like, I've always been for Miles. I've, like I said, I, it's still pay Jan. Um, Jan needs to get paid. He, he's a, an elite player. He's still vying for his guys. It's Jalen Ramsey today talking about guys being paid. I have no problem with that. I mean, listen, you want to be the teammate and, and defend those guys and root for those guys, and that's Hey, that's fine, uh, and that and you should. Brent Martin, along with former Jags player Austin Lane, uh, Coos here as well on a Tuesday. And you know, I don't love this stuff going on because, like you said, you rather talk about wins and losses, but at the same time, this is the greatest freaking show in the history of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Mm-hmm. I mean, these topics are unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, this is th- we don't get a lot of this kind of stuff, and it goes back to Ramsey. I mean, he is a rare breed, man, and and it's a. It's a tough thing to handle sometimes. You get put in tough spots with him. But he is a special, special football player. And so interesting that he's got us talking about him for three hours. I mean, I, I can't deny that, whether you root for that or not. Like, there's an element of me. Like, if I was in their building, say if I was on the team side, mm-hmm. that I would, and this is probably the immaturity of me, <laughs> that I would be like, I am going to send this guy to play in Antarctica, and I'm going to I want I want a couple of mittens for him because it will hammer his ego more than anything. That all we got was a set of mittens for him. <laughs> yeah, dude, some, some mittens can go a long way up north, dude. I mean, you start getting a pair of Carhartt mittens. Now we're talking. But that would Can't be put like a price on that. But that would be the emotional side of it if I was involved, like on both sides, be like, no, I'm sure. going to dish this guy. You know, there was. That you do have to be careful when you do demand trades or ask for trades because you don't have a lot of control there. True. You know, all the time. And there are certain teams, and it's been talked about. Remember that podcast, right? The, the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not in Las Vegas yet, so does he want to go to Oakland? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or yeah. does he go to Tennessee or his hometown team? But you do have to be a little bit careful of, all right, we're going to send you to Buffalo. And we're going to send you to Buffalo, and we're not going to get as much in return, but we're going to send you to Buffalo, and you can go play with the guy that you call Trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> on the other side of the football, different Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? So now, would Buffalo do that? I don't know. Probably not. Maybe not. Who knows? But I, I just think you have to be a little bit – you have to know there's that side of it. When yeah. you ask for a trade, it doesn't mean you're going, hey, everybody now, Antonio Brown has to get away, and he ended up with the New England Patriots. 
that's a little unique. In fact, that's a lot unique. He ended up with the Raiders first. Yeah. And the Raiders aren't necessarily the class organization of the NFL. Mm-hmm. What I'm starting to wonder is if the Jaguars are becoming a little bit of the Raiders of of the East Coast. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, there's these organizations that get stuck in this this rut. And Oakland's been one of them. And the Bills have been one of them. And the Browns have been one Browns, of them. Yeah. And you can't deny. I mean, listen, I, I, I love covering the Jags. I, I I mean, my kids and, and wife have season tickets to the Jags. Uh, they're grown-up Jags fans. I don't like to say it, but they're in that conversation. There's no other way to put it. They had a one-off year in 2017, mm-hmm. and they're in that conversation. I mean, that's just – that's reality. I can yeah. show you the record. I like a lot of people in that building. And that's just the reality of it. And I don't know how you break that. I don't. I, I think it goes back to a little bit of when you get star players, you better sure as keep those players. Yeah. You know, you yeah. better somehow keep those players because you don't get a lot of good players around here. We haven't had a lot of good players. So how do you keep the players? And I don't say that, by the way, there's a big difference. I leave one word out of that. I didn't say keep players happy. I said keep your players. Yeah. Sometimes that is keeping them happy at times, but sometimes that's also disciplining them and knowing them who's boss. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how you make it work, but that's not my job. Your job is to make it work and keep the players that can play good. And this organization right now could lose. This could become the Miami Marlins. They lost Giancarlo Stanton. They lost Ozuna. They lost Yelich. Mm-hmm. They lost – I can. the list goes on and on. This organization in the last few years, from a, from a standpoint of what they had, could lose Allen Robinson – could lose Jalen Ramsey and could lose at some point Yannick Ngakwe. Now they have control if they want sure. with a franchise tag, but they could. They could lose all three of those guys. And if you want to be funnier, they lost Blake Bortles too. <laughs> a little comedy. I appreciate the humor at the end. So, Brent, yeah, if if I'm a Jaguars fan right now, and maybe I'm on the fence about the whole thing, right? Like maybe. I want to see Jalen Ramsey get traded. And whether that's for two first-round picks, which is, I think, probably asking a lot right now, whether it's for a first-round pick and another player, whatever. But at the end of the day, whether the guy is a detriment to his team, whether he's a distraction, whether he's killing your organization, if I'm a Jaguars fan, I care about one thing more importantly than everything else revolved around football, and that's the wins and losses. Okay, And if history has been any kind of a teacher to us, whether it was Darrell Rivas, whether it was Richard Sherman, or whether it's Stefan Gilmore now, who some are calling, quote-unquote, maybe the best corner in the league next to Jalen Ramsey, they all have had successful defenses and they've all gone far in the playoffs now yes the jets never went to the super bowl and one can say yet mark sanchez leading the helm there but it wasn't because of that defense and it wasn't because of Darrell revis now in seattle when you had that star studded cast the legion of boom richard sherman was a huge part of that because you told richard sherman see that wide receiver over there Go and cover him. Go and cover this whole side of the field. We'll take care of the rest. Cool. Sounds good. Here's a Super Bowl for your services. And now we have a guy like Jalen Ramsey. I, I, I think a once-in-a-generation type talent. Um, a, a guy, and people may take it for granted sometimes. There's not a lot of guys in the NFL who you can tell, go cover this receiver, hold him to under 100 yards. You hardly see that anymore, especially in an offensive-driven league. And it's my fear where if you lose Jalen Ramsey, if he gets traded away, well, then, number one, you're going to lose your identity of a, of a defense, and you're back to square one. You're 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 going to be the Cleveland Browns. You're going to have to rebuild all over again. Yeah, we're this close to a tear down, build up again. You are. And 
I think it sucks because you go back to 2017 when the defense was healthy, when all the, when all the pieces were in place. You saw how dominant that defense was, and you saw how far they made it. Uh, you know, to the AFC Championship game, a play away from going to the Super Bowl. And now you look at this team, and yes, there's been injuries on defense. Obviously, they lost a couple guys by 2017, but I think they still have the core amount of players that can get it done again. But now you're just going to blow up the whole situation, starting with your most talented player and rebuild from scratch. And then that's assuming that once you get a draft pick for him or whoever you get for him, well, then you still have to draft right, and you still have to draft that next corner. Guess what? The past three years of NFL draft, Brent, teams have been trying to find that Jalen Ramsey. Have they found him yet? Nope. It's only Gilmore, and I think Jalen Ramsey, and there's everybody else in the league. As Xavier far as Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes, yeah. But, and there's everybody else in the league. There hasn't been a rookie that got drafted. South Beach Gary might contend. Howard, Howard. Well, yeah, you know, what are you going to do? Um, uh, <laughs> he can call in if he wants to debate I me. think he's on the line now, actually. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Well, let's go to the yeah. phone lines. <laughs> <laughs> Very well said. You want to do that? Uh, good. But don't uh, stay on that thought, though, yeah. because I've got a question about that build and where some – they brought Nick Foles in here. Mm-hmm. Nick Foles obviously is hurt right now, but long term – I mean, Nick Foles is here because they have players like Jalen Ramsey, and they felt like they could win soon. Yeah. He's here for four years. But, <laughs> He's not here for a rebuild. No, I hear you. But be, don't get it twisted, though, Brent. They call it Saxonville, not Touchdownville, for a reason. Because this team was built on defense. This team was built on the defensive line, and that secondary with Jalen Ramsey. And now you tear that down, you got to restart all uh, over I, again. I've got to ask you this, though. You've been in locker rooms. I don't think I've asked you this straight and yeah. I don't want you to sell anybody out. I'm just asking yep. you, give us a vibe. This is what you can tell us more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. How often are locker rooms split in terms of that? Like, this isn't, uh, uh, I, I don't want to, this is the defensive room, right? This is the cornerback room. Yeah. The, the, the secondary has swag, right? Mm-hmm. They always have attitude. Wide receiver room, they got the swag. They always have a little bit of that. I think even the running, but Leonard Fournette kind of has that swag too, right? He's, yeah. a, he's a fun loving guy, but he's got swag. Ah, uh, the quarterback room, the offensive line, and eh, not so much. Linebacker room, not usually. Oh, Miles Jack might have a little bit of it. So my point is there are different styles, right, in a locker room. Mm-hmm. Well, when you bring this into it, and how much do guys think, like, what is this guy doing? Like, I would not handle it this way, so yeah. I don't agree with what he's handling. There are people out there right now listening say, fire Doug Marone. There are people out there say, get rid of Jalen Ramsey. You know what that means? There are probably people in that locker room. 53 of them, Mm -hmm. and I don't know what the percentage is that say, get this guy out of town. Mm -hmm. And then they're also saying, like, I'm with you, man. Get that coach the heck out of here. Yeah. Right? So uh, that's a great point. And, yeah, I've been in a couple locker rooms. And, listen, I'm going to say some names here. I'm not going to snitch anybody out, but I'm stating the obvious when I say this, okay? So when I was in Kansas City, right, Andy Reid, and it was off the year that Kansas City went 2-14, and I think it was I think it was two and fourteen. They had the first pick of the draft. And I remember being in training camp thinking, How is this team two how'd they go two and fourteen last? It's six Pro Bowlers. You know? Because you remember, I was coming from Jacksonville who had the same record. Yes. And I understood that. I was there for that. I mean, I saw it firsthand, yeah. okay? <laughs> I lived it, man. I lived it for a couple of years. So I got it. The first thing I did when I came to Kansas City is I wondered like Dude, you got all these, like, especially on defense. You got Eric Berry. You got Derek Johnson. You got this new cat by the name of Travis Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey, I'll be honest, Brent, you want to talk about distractions? Travis Kelsey was a distraction, and he'll be the first one to tell you that. Travis Kelsey's a character, and I don't think every team 
could mesh with Travis Kelsey, especially when he was young. Now, he's starting to you know take the role of captain a little more, and he's starting to grow in his position. But I'm just saying back when I saw Travis Kelsey in practice, yeah, one would be on the outside looking in thinking, man, there's no way Travis Kelsey's going to fit this Andy Reid philosophy. But guess what? The whole team worked together. You know, Andy Reid. And listen, this isn't like we didn't have coaches in Kansas City that were like prime people, like prime people people, all right? Like my head, my defensive line coach was like 70 years old, all right? Couldn't relate to anything on the defensive line that we said. But uh, our, our, our defensive coordinator, Bob Sutton, dude, his terminology, I'm not going to lie, sitting in defensive game planning meetings, I might have understood about 20% of it. Dude's way too smart for my liking, all right? And a lot of players would agree with me on that. Andy Reid, most laid-back head coach ever. You know, he's not going to chew you out in front of anybody. Um, he kind of... Let's a lot of stuff slide. Andy Reid's like the cool substitute teacher that comes in when the teacher's gone. That's what Andy Reid's personality is like. It's like, all right, we got we got the sub in class today. <laughs> like, you know, let's go and get a little more loosened up. And you have it's all a good this, illustration. Yeah, I like that. But you, so you have all this, and I didn't say we have any coaches that were people. You know, people, p- people. Like, I, I, how, there weren't any like. How can I explain it? There weren't any like. Uh, you know, they were the best of people. Like, contentious. Yeah, they were contentious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Antisocial. Yeah, antisocial. But you had coaches that... I'm here to fill in the blanks. Yeah, no, very good, man. I appreciate (laughs) it. But but what we had, though, is we had the leaders, all right? We had the leaders on the field. And we just... We we were an eclectic group. We had some guys that were distractions. We had some guys that were, you know, like the the, the Derek Johnsons, like the epitome. It's like pus, you know, like just a guy that you're going to roll with till the the end of time. You You had some of those guys as well. You had a guy in Alex Smith who took it upon himself, regardless if you're a first-year guy or you're a guy like me who's just coming on the team. Who, who sat next to you in lunch and kind of picked your brain for 10 minutes. He's like, hey, you're part of the team now. i got to know where you're from. What are you all about? What are you into? And that was Alex Smith, the first I was in Kansas City. I'm sitting by my, I'm sitting with the defense by the lunch table. He goes, Austin, come over here. I'm like, Alex Smith knows my name. That's pretty cool to start things <laughs> off with. And then all of a sudden, me and Alex Smith are talking about it. But I'm saying we had all these guys, Brent, that the, the, the culture, it manifested on itself. All right? You, you had the players in the locker room. Now, do the Jacksonville Jaguars have those type of players? I don't know, but I'm just trying to tell you, like, every team's got these ego-driven guys a little bit. Every team maybe has these rough-around-the-edges guys, but Andy Reid and his coaching staff were so good where they let us monitor ourselves, I guess, for the most part, but when we had to be reeled back in, when Reid had to lose his mind for maybe a minute or so, he did that, and when he did that, we respected him for it because at the end of the day, I think the coaches that we had, they understood who they were as people, and they were going to BS us. I think the problem right now with Doug Marone is what we've been talking about with Doug Marone. It's the fact that he's eased up on training camp a little bit. Maybe he's going against some of his philosophy. Maybe he's trying to be that cool substitute teacher type as opposed to the, the teacher that's trying to demand a lot out of you that's cool but if you're the substitute teacher type and it's all facade players see right through that man and you don't earn respect that way they might like you if you're the substitute teacher who's trying to be cool they might like you but they're not going to respect you that's not who you are one more thought uh on this front jay cutler was he there yeah oh yeah chicago yeah yeah yeah, you were there right he was well jay cutler's kind of that polarizing guy yeah. from the outside yeah. look it in though i've had several people say that i knew in chicago yeah. that played not just you yeah. that played with cutler and said that outside noise is not accurate 
no. about him being a bad teammate and stuff like that. No. But it was noise. Mm-hmm. So I guess from that standpoint, right? I mean, mm-hmm. listen, right now there's a lot of noise around Jalen Ramsey. And so that's where I wonder. It's like, okay, does that noise infiltrate the locker room and divide a little bit sure. inside and say, well, oh, yeah, you know what? I don't like Jay Cutler. You're right. So there's this little section. It's like, hey, I don't like him. And then there's other section like, what do you mean? I will go to work to the same guy every so, day. He's great. Listen, and I'm not going to. That can be offensive and defensive. Well, but, here's the thing. I'm not going to rat anybody out. And I was there when it was the downfall of Chicago, right? Like, I, I once again, I saw it happen in training camp. I was like, I remember when I got cut, you know, uh, when I got cut twice, basically one day. I told that story before. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember leaving, you know, I, I left that, that stadium for the last time. And I was like. Oof, this could be a rough one for the Chicago Bears. And then I come back on the team for the last game of the season. Yeah. And dude, it was like the Walking Dead. Really? You know, like, cause you, Already. Well, cause like you leave with like, it's all this optimism. Like, we're going to be a good team this year. There's a lot of people that are excited. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm gone for 16 weeks. I come back to the stadium. And dude, it's like a, a bomb just went off. Like, you know, everyone's just down and gloomy and everything. But my point about Jay Cutler that you brought up. Yeah, Jay Cutler always got a bad rap because when the Bears weren't winning, they need a scapegoat to point to. So you point to the guy who looks like he doesn't care on the sidelines. You point to the leader of the team. I'm here to tell you firsthand, and I'm not, I'm not going to snitch anybody out here, okay? I'm not going to call anybody out. But a lot of the problems that happened with that Bears season with, quote-unquote, Jay, uh, you know, Jay Cutler being behind all of it, maybe 10% was his fault. Uh, a lot of that fell on other players in that locker room who were supposed to be the leaders of the team. Yeah, that's all and I'm so, say. And so that's what happened. You know, that's and that's my the interesting part. The yeah. dynamic of a locker room. A lot of times when good things are going on yeah. or bad things are going on, well, certainly changes. And and to this isn't apples to apples because Jalen Ramsey's not Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. Jay Cutler was not an elite quarterback in the NFL. Now they hoped he could be elite, but he yeah. wasn't. He wasn't a top two quarterback in the NFL or the best. Jalen Ramsey's the best cornerback in the NFL. So therefore he already gets a ton of respect inside that locker room for his ability to play the game. Yeah. It's just curious how guys handle this other stuff. Like I don't want to put names to people because I don't know how they'll react to it. Mm-hmm. But I just have to believe out of 53 players in that locker room today in Jacksonville, people are like, what the hell are you doing, man? We're trying to win a game Thursday night. Yeah. And there are just some people that are so locked in that way that they can't handle all the other distractions. They don't want to see it, and mm-hmm. they don't relate to it, whether you're right or wrong. Well, and guess what? And, you know, I'm, I'm a fan myself. But f- football fans, you know, when, when they see their team not doing well, what do they do? They, they point their finger at the guy who's acting the loudest, who's uh, – you know, behaving the the worst on the sideline or something like that. But I'm here to tell you, being in NFL locker rooms, it takes all shapes and sizes, Brent. And sometimes it's the quietest dude in interviews or the quietest dude on the field yeah. that could be the biggest cancer of a football team. Yeah, I've I've heard examples of that before, and and it's not necessarily in that context as so much as like there have been maybe equipment guys or something. Yeah. I'm like, man, that guy's awesome. They're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> he is not, yeah, you know. And I'm yeah. like, real? Are you serious? So yeah. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. That's that's it's. We don't always know. We don't. Mm-hmm. And I think we've been fair to that point with Jalen Ramsey. What is he like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? And we just I see the guy on Sunday. Exactly. I see him for ten minutes in an interview session, mm-hmm. and we see him on Sunday. Yeah. And we judge everything off that. That's all we got. No, for sure. So. It is well, a fair conversation. I'll tell you one other thing I can judge him off of, too, is when I train with him, you know, in the gym. And I've trained with him, you know, uh, personally. We don't and, have to question his work ethic. And he's got we the work know, ethic. We know all that stuff. Yeah. That, so nobody's knocking him for that. Okay. Absolutely. I, I, I got to throw it out there. Uh, happy hour horn. Can we have a happy hour horn? We definitely could have a drink today. People want to have a drink. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's coming up next on ESPN 690. I mean, y'all can create stories and use headlines as, as y'all as will, but y'all not going to get it from me. I'm just letting y'all know. Y'all not going to get it from me. I ain't got nothing negative to say about nobody around here in this building, man. I got, I have really good relationships with 
tons of people around this field, man. I've, I've grown over my three years being here, three three years, two games being here. Um, built relationships that are, that's going to last forever, whether I'm here or whether I'm gone. Even y'all, like the media, like we, we done grown over these three years. Like, no, I ain't really f- with y'all. Now I do. Brett, be honest, was he looking right at you when he said that? Uh, actually, he wasn't. I was off to his left at that okay. time, so he wasn't. But uh, listen, I have said this for a long time. You know, we have that little Twitter beef, and I wasn't the only one that he blocked. Yeah. And I'm unblocked now, for now. For now, we'll see. <laughs> if he listens to the show, maybe Suck not. Suck it ahead of ourselves. Um, but see, I there is something about, and I genuinely say this, too. This isn't like in hindsight, and I've said it all along. I don't know if people believe me, and I really don't care if they believe me. I thought it was a lot of fun. Like, it was almost like I didn't want him to unblock me because it was more fun poking fun at it. I mean, yeah. I asked him on live TV one time. We did a lot. He joined me live, which he was good enough to come live, uh, you know, from uh, uh, we were at Nimnik, actually. Chevrolet, he was la- launching, the, unveiling this new car, and we did an event over there. And during that interview on live TV, I said, so when are you going to unblock me? And it's like, I'll think about it, you know, or something like nice. that. But he had fun yeah. with it. Yeah, See, yeah, that's yeah. Jalen can do that, man. He can have fun with it. I, I think he can bleep with people, yeah. <laughs> as yeah. he said. Um, but I also just – I the one thing about it, and this isn't like media against players. I do think sometimes they live in a bubble, though, and they live in a different world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, one, not everybody's out to get you all the time. Even if there is somebody that says something that you don't like to hear, mm-hmm. it might just be at that thing. Like, I've had experiences with players where they'll say something like, I heard this, or you said this, or this, what's up with that? I was like, yeah, but did you hear the 499 other things that I said? Like, wow, sure. this guy's great at this. No, no of course because that's the way they operate. They've got a chip on their shoulder, and their their ears go up when you say something that might but, have a negative tone. But, Brent, that's not just players, though, man. Let's be fair. This is, this, is, this is how society works now. It is. It is. Yeah. But, but like, in Jalen's today in this news conference, it was, well, like, well, I don't want you guys to paint this picture. I don't want you guys grabbing headlines. Mm-hmm. And while I understand where he was going with that, and he, he was trying to do the best he could without making more headlines. Yeah. I get it. And, and that's actually pretty admirable to try to do that. But the hay was in the barn on the headline front, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, weren't, you weren't gonna stop the headlines from coming. This one. You weren't getting out of it. Mm-hmm. Hey, Coos, uh, before we get to the phone lines, and I want to talk a little bit. Cam Newton, you know, didn't, wasn't at practice day. It was a no-show, and that was an interesting story. Eli Manning benched. I mean, there was, uh, it's all Ramsey all the time. But I want to take two minutes and just talk. Yep. We talked quarterbacks a little bit yesterday, and that has not stopped at all. By the way, the Jets lost their backup QB yesterday. Yeah. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers should not have traded Joshua Dobbs. Maybe we can trade him back for a third round pick. I was going to say, yeah, let's go and parlay that pick <laughs> to a third round pick now or something. Uh, yeah. But. I mean, it's fascinating what's going on with the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And I've got a thought that will sound outlandish about the NFL and what's going on right now that could really hurt the NFL in the long run. And I would have to probably be doing radio in five to ten years to figure it out. But I want to at least share it. I thought about it today. It might be a little crazy, but I'm not sure it is. So that's coming up in just a moment. But first, let's get to the happy hour horn. horn happy hour horn brought to you by uh, Vita DeLuis. Nothing. Nothing. Anything goes, any gangsters are 
a drink, get a shot, tip your star tenders. If you're a Jaguars fan, maybe just grab the whole bottle. <laughs> well, you can get a bottle of Vita de Louis, by the way, at VitaDeLouis.com. They have a 94 rating recently. Awesome stuff. A locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville. And by the way, they want to help uh, our friends in the Bahamas. So you can check this out. Vita de Louis has friends all over the world, and that includes the Bahamas. Help them raise money for the Treasure Key Relief Fund in Hopetown Rising. 50% of all the merchandise at com will go toward those funds. So a uh, good effort on their part to help our friends in the Bahamas. Uh, made in tequila, Mexico, shipped directly to Jack's Beach and one of the smoothest tequilas you'll ever taste uh, for merchandise that you can help send some of the dollars to the Bahamas. Go to com. All right, quickly, let's get to South Beach Gary because he's called in like 15 different times and we've been right in the middle of everything. South Beach Gary, thanks for uh, checking out the show and hanging in there. I know it's been uh, a lot of Ramsey talk. Jump in. Yeah, I want to make the song of the day in honor of Rick Ocasek of the Cars yeah. Drive. So. Yeah. Rough weekend between him and Eddie Money passing away within a day of each other. It was a rough weekend in, in the music world. But uh, guys, I want to touch on you guys never really touched on it that much. I would be embarrassed, and I would suspend Jalen Ramsey just for the profanity-laced tirade on stage. I thought that was an embarrassment. Now, hear me out, guys. He represents not only his family but the organization, and worst of all, he embarrassed himself. If you can't announce your feelings one way or another without using that kind of language, you, you that's completely unnecessary. If you can't speak for 15 minutes without making a fool of yourself, I would. If I was Doug Marone, I would suspend him just for that. That's strong, man. Organization. It's very embarrassing. Whether you want to be there or not, whether they they did stuff you liked or didn't like, Austin, you still represent that organization, and you're still well compensated, even though you feel you're not as compensated as. as well, as you played, and I agree with that, but that was embarrassing. Well, very All cool. Right, thanks, so South Beach Gary. Appreciate if, it. If you say Doug Marone should suspend Jalen Ramsey for cursing during a press conference, then Doug Marone, go ahead and suspend yourself because yeah. Doug Marone curses all the time during a press yes. conference, and poor Brent and poor Coos have to go in and edit those words out. So. No, I guess. No, we're not going to suspend Joe Ramsey here? No. Well, first of all, not no? suspend him for that. No. So, I, no? I, I, I don't have a problem with people that had a problem with it. it wasn't, I don't have a – yeah. It, it, it was – I mean, how much do you agree, by the way? When you when you got in front of a microphone, when you wore the JAG stuff, when you were in their building, you know, I under, everybody talks about the shield – but you do represent the Jacksonville Jaguars. You go out in a community event. You go out. You out on a Friday night. You go out anywhere. Yeah. You represent the Jacksonville Jaguars along with yourself and what other people say. And any kid that plays a sport, right? Yeah. What do they say? What's the, what do they teach you in high school or in college? You represent your family. Yeah. You represent your school. Well, you represent the name on the on the front of your jersey, yeah. on the back of the jersey, things like that. And while that sounds a little like, come on, really? I mean. I, I, I don't mind if you have that thought. If I think that's a decent thought to have. Now, suspension's a little crazy, I think, from South Beach Gary. But people were offended by that. I was a little surprised to use that language as much. It wasn't just a one-time thing. Yeah. I was surprised. I wasn't offended by it. I was just saying I was surprised. So, yeah, I mean, listen, this is, I think, was an extent of Jalen Ramsey trying to be himself. Right? I mean, what, what he's trying to present as himself. You know, he's trying yeah. to come across as, listen... I'm as real as it gets, and this is who I am. Either you take it or you leave it. And whether that was his lace-filled tirade of F-bombs and things like that, yeah, I, I mean, that's a rough one, right? Because the way I always approached it, 
was the fact that if I was doing an interview or a press conference, I always made it a habit of knowing that my grandma could see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what would my grandma say, the person who brags me up the most around town, while well, all of a sudden Oss is dropping F-bombs now, like, that's not something she can co-sign on. But, yeah, you know, I mean, especially if there's kids watching, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, Brent, like, it, it, it's, a, it's a kind of debate for itself, where it's like, you know, should, you know, you be able to hear cursing or not, should kids be able to curse, I mean, it, it's a big debate. That's fine, but where, who yeah. do I think is the preeminent athlete and how they handle themselves right now? Yeah. That is LeBron James. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, I think so. That's my, my, I think LeBron James handles himself about as good as you can handle an athlete. Sure. So I would just say, from that standard, mm-hmm. it, I, and I'm not saying Jalen Ramsey has to be LeBron James and hold, held up to that standard, but if that's my standard, I would say I wouldn't see even a pissed off LeBron James, an unhappy LeBron yeah. James, not happy with his current situation. I don't think LeBron James would have done but, that. But Brent, no, not a press conference, absolutely not. Yeah. But if you're an NBA fan, if you're an NFL fan, and you want that all access, you want the hard knocks, you want the behind the scenes stuff, well, if you take a microphone and a camera into a locker room and see how players talk to each other, well, then you are going to hear the F-bombs. You you are going to hear, you know, like the derogatory, not derogatory, I am not. I don't mean like that, but I'm saying you're going to hear a lot of F-bombs, all right? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah you're gonna, you're Shoot, hear come all down those, to the Action Sports Jack's yeah. office. Yeah. In about an hour. Yeah. And I'll be dropping F-bombs all the time. So, I mean, I, that's why I don't have a problem with it. No, I probably but, shouldn't do it as much as I do, but I, I have a little bit of a problem. And, and I'm the same way. And listen, one, I don't have a lot of regrets playing the game of football, right? Especially in the NFL. But looking back at my career, now that I had a chance to reflect it, one of my, my biggest regrets that I may have had playing the game of football, especially in Jacksonville, is that I wasn't more myself. I always try to be the people pleaser. I always try to yeah, yeah. make the coaches happy, you know, whether it was, yes, sir, okay, we'll be right there, sir, all this stuff. And it wasn't myself. You know, I mean, now off the field and stuff and on Twitter, I was myself. But sometimes I felt like I couldn't be myself. And not saying that that affected my play at all because it really didn't. I'm just saying, looking back at my career now, well, Jalen Ramsey standing up there, you know, giving thanks to God one second and then swearing the next. I think that's just who he is, man. I mean, that's 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 the prototypical NFL player these days, whether you like it or not. And um, you either accept it or you hate on it, but that's what it is. You know, like, that's what a player in a locker room is. And I think he just brought that out. That spilled over during the press conference. And some people can be offended if they want to, but that's just a glimpse of who people are. Here's the deal. This is a great dynamic. And as you're talking, I think of this. Okay? Sure. I think right now, Gardner Minshew is being praised, beloved. Last week, I'm wearing a mustache and a cutoff shirt yeah, uh, and, and aviator sunglasses. Yep. And I'm just and, dressed like I, I normally dress. And, yep. and everybody's got this Minshew mania. And why do we have Minshew mania? Because he is comfortable in his own skin. We had his head coach on, Mike Leach. Yeah. And he's comfortable. Own, and we embrace it like that. It's pretty cool, man. The guy's wearing a mustache and all this stuff. Well, a good then point. you get a guy like Jalen Ramsey today who is comfortable in his own skin enough to at least talk about this situation that's probably a pretty uncomfortable situation for most of us i can tell you i thought todd wash looked pretty uncomfortable talking up there after Jalen because he don't want to be answering those kind of questions yeah you know he's got to do that like he didn't ask to go do that he's got to do it yeah so i i think Jalen. we saw a Jalen to your point that is being who he is i think mm-hmm. I, I don't know i don't know if he talks like that all the time so i don't know We've seen different, like, we've seen, like, CEO version of Jalen before, where I don't want to say he's, like, prim and proper, but I'm just saying he's not dropping F-bombs. Yeah. And then we've seen 
Jalen, who might just be the guy talking like, well, in, in, at a buddy's house or out at a bar or wherever yeah. else, and, and he doesn't mind dropping F-bombs. And then this is what I base it off of, Brent, because like, I've had a couple conversations with Jalen Ramsey, not like locker room conversations, but I go to what I heard off the podcast, right? I listened to the whole podcast with him and Taylor Lewan, um, you know, this past summer or whatever like that. And like, I felt like Jalen talking to Taylor was Jalen in his element, right? Like he's talking to a peer. He's talking to a, another football player. And anytime you're in that environment, you're going to kind of, you know, loosen your guard up a little bit and you're going to show who you really are. And yeah, Jalen was cussing a little bit. You know, they're sharing jokes back and forth, as was Taylor as well. So from that perspective, I think that press conference was more of who Jalen was as opposed, uh, maybe like the, the, the proper dude. Because let's be honest, Brent. If you think that Jalen's going to be gone in the next couple of days or so get traded, why would Jalen try to put on some kind of facade of like, well, I better act this certain way now, you know, to get teams to like me? No, I'm just going to be myself because who knows if I'm going to be here next week. At least that's how I approach the idea. I got one other question for you. And by the way, I think it's fair to ask, though, if I'm uh, if I'm trying to market myself. Yeah, I'm saying, hey, uh, Cox Media Group, ESPN 690. I want the heck out of here. And I hope somebody from around the country, ESPN, picks me up somewhere. Yeah. That's an interesting tact to take, is to start throwing F-bombs at a press conference at everybody in the country. Yeah. Is yeah. Hey, Uncle Jack. Brent's trying to go to Barstool. You Brent's going to Barstool. Stop coming to my way. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and so, so my point is there, and you said this, and we talked about this earlier. Mm-hmm. He was, we almost think this was a little bit... Not manufactured, but it yeah. was You think it's him being himself. My question would be, who is he talking to? Like, in terms of, if this was crafted to be, I'm not going to be like the Jalen right now that comes up here and, and, and says, well, I made a mistake and I'm going to be, I'm going to say everything that everybody wants to hear. Yeah. But instead he chooses to say everything he wants to say, which, which you can appreciate. Yeah. And just feels. Yeah. Well, but who's he talking to so, is my point. Then who, what do you mean by that? Like, what is, I don't think it's more who he's talking to. I think it's more of just being himself. For instance, let's put this in example. Say I'm about to get, fired from this job right here, all right? But I still, me and you are good friends, me and Kuz are great friends, and I want to see you guys succeed, right? So uh, I give a press conference saying, all right, Austin, well, I would get a press conference again, fired from a radio station? I have no idea, but let's just, for, 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 for instance, <laughs> we'll set it up. my point here. It would be out on the steps because your key card wouldn't work. <laughs> well, that, that has, that's been done before, too. I just go through the front office. Uh, she'll let me in. She loves me. Not a big deal, Brent. There's ways around Speaking that part. Speaking of diva. Diva, yeah, yeah. Diva, diva loves me, by the way. Shout out to diva who works in the front desk uh just a joy to be around but anyways so let's say after to do a press conference where i'm exiting the building for the last time or in like a, in a week or so or whatever but i still want to be respectful to you guys well, I'm not going to work here anymore. So guess what? I don't have to uh, use my radio, you know, stuff and not swear anymore. I'm going to help. I'm going to swear. I'm going to cuss. I'm going to act a fool a little bit. I'm going to tell some jokes. And I may offend somebody. Why? Because there's, I mean, might as well be myself now, right? But at the same time, I'm not going to throw you guys underneath the bus. Yeah. You know, so if someone asked me, well, was there problems with you and Brent? Is that why you're leaving? No, Brent's a great guy. I wish him nothing but the best. Same thing with Coos. So I think what, what we saw at the, the press conference there was I don't think Jalen was really talking to anybody. I think what he was trying to do was help his teammates out and say, listen, if I'm gone, I want to make sure when I leave this ship that it's in the best possible care as you know as yeah. it can be. Yeah. Now, it's not going to be in the best possible care, but I think that's him just trying to talk himself into that. And at the same time, uh, if he's going to exit the building you know, for the last time or in the next couple of weeks or so, at least you're going to do it being yourself. Yeah. He's not going guns a blazing. Yeah. I do want, I think it's interesting, you know, just a final thought. 
it's not like it's not totally apples to apples, but the, we do embrace the Minshew mania for mm-hmm. being himself. And now we're going to criticize Jalen for maybe just being himself. Yeah. And so I, I and and again, we've seen a lot of different views of Jalen. So I really don't know necessarily what's the what's the everyday Jalen Ramsey. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. Does he talk like that a lot? Does he not? I don't yeah. know. I, I really don't. So. Um, but I, but I think we have to be a little bit careful to be overly critical of that, yeah. even if we don't agree with the best look of it. And listen, and I'll have to go off of with Jalen Ramsey if he's being himself or not. Regardless of how he acts, if he's cussing or whatever, I've seen him be a great teammate on the field, and I've seen him be a great player on the field. And at the end of the day, those are the two most important things. I brought up six main topics on the Jalen Ramsey we front. Cover we all? covered them all, all and right. we're going to blitz through them in case you're just jumping okay. back in. All right. We'll finish up the Ramsey special on ESPN 690 <laughs> next. I mean, he hasn't told me that directly, you know, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is it's football, you know, uh, things happen, you know, and, uh, you know, hopefully communicate, you know, we try to get on the same page, you know. Uh, I mean, as long as uh, he's here or whoever else is here, you know, play football, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we'll try to play the best, you know, best football we can and put good tape on, on you know, on camera and uh, develop, uh, you know, good chemistry, you know. Now, I don't know, you know, I mean, this is how this play out, this ain't, you know, nothing to do with me. You know, uh, at the end of the day, you know, uh, all I can do is prepare the best I can and try to lead you know, the guys that are going to be out there. And so, I mean, hopefully he would be one of those guys, but I don't know. We just see how it goes. That's Calais Campbell in the locker room this afternoon. Jags talked kind of late, practice a little bit later, the whole schedule a little bit later. They had yesterday off, and now today back at it for a Thursday game. Yeah, we'll talk about that Thursday game. That's like a must-win game at some point, but it's all Jalen Ramsey. And we've got less than 10 minutes to go. And I want to hit a a lot of topics in a short time in case you didn't catch us. As always, you can go back and watch the show, listen to the show. Ten different platforms, video platforms, uh, probably a lot of hand motions today. We've been fired up. So, uh, you know, go go back and check it out. (laughs) That's probably me. A little Italian oh, dude, in me. You, you know, dang well, that's me. People have brought that to my attention before. Yeah. Uh, Calais brings up an interesting point. Calais didn't take a side in this or anything like that. Calais was just like, hey, whoever's here is here. And, and, but it, it, is there a sense of at all to anybody? Would you have, mm-hmm. or should they have, could they have a sense of disloyalty? This is, yeah. you know, there's a big thing, I think. Now, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think there's a big deal in a locker room that you go through this grind mm-hmm. to get to the season. You know, that's the great respect. You go through camp. You go through to all this stuff. Well, Jalen didn't go to OTAs. He did things on his own. Comes in and obviously has a productive, uh, wow, something just dropped. Maybe we did have too many handshakes. I guess I so. I mean, hand movements, yeah. all this stuff. Well, wow. I mean, then I'm going to blame you for that one. Yeah, that that we had an earthquake movement. in the studio. Might have been. That was one. That's your artwork that's up artwork there, number 92. Dropped. I know. I know. That's a that's a one of a kind piece. Oh, I okay. Hope it's okay. But Me anyway, too. thank you. you. You know, he has a productive uh, August, and he gets ready for the season, and he doesn't have a great game against Kansas City. Nobody did. Mm-hmm. Has a great game against Houston. But is there a disloyalty at all in saying, "Hey guys, I'm off, man. I, I want out of here." Yeah. Uh, I know we all did this together, but I'm done. We're 0 2, and I'm leaving. I don't like the situation. Yeah. It feels a little disloyal to me, but I understand in the business, everybody respects that it's a business. So where does it fall? The, okay, so, yeah, but they do. But at the same time, let's be honest. Like you said, you spend you spend more time with your teammates during training camp than you do with your own family. And training camp sucks. I don't care if it's 10 years ago or if it's right now. Training camp's not fun, okay? Not fun for anybody. But what gets you through the training camp, what gets you through the dog days of summer is the fact that you have your brothers in arms that are going through it with you. You're not alone. So when you have that kind of camaraderie, when you have that kind of brotherhood, of course then like you feel like you're all in this together, right? Whether you win or you lose, you have each other's back. And then all of a sudden, you know, if someone wants to get traded or someone wants like a new deal, whatever it is, like 
that's the business side of it. And if I was a rookie, Brent, I would have been with the general manager. I'm like, whoa, what the heck? He's just going to leave us now? Like, you're just going to abandon us when, you know, we're 0-2 because things got hard? But, like, having, you know, played for, been in this game for five years and seeing the ins and outs of it, yeah, if I'm Clayus Campbell, I, I am bummed because not only for the teammate Jalen Ramsey, but also what he provides on the field. Because Jalen Ramsey on the field gives you a better chance of winning than Jalen Ramsey off the field. And if I'm Clayus Campbell, hell yeah, I'm frustrated because I, I came to Jacksonville to win. Yeah, if I'm and Nick you know Foles, you need that guy to win. Yeah, if I'm Nick Foles, hell yeah, I'm frustrated because I came to Jacksonville to win. Uh, I'm coming from Philly where I did win, and now I'm here and I'm hurt and everything like that, and that's another story. But yeah, so I'm frustrated at that standpoint. But at the same time, Brent, let's be honest. You can't dwell on it, man. You seriously can't because yeah. guess what? You got you got a Tennessee Titans team coming in here in two days that's trying to kick your butt. They had kicked your butt the past four games. So you can't dwell on it too much. So it's almost like, yeah, you know, you, you say a prayer and you you, you, you kind of pour one out for the homie, and then you have to move on because yeah. you just have to. That's the way the league works. But I do think the longer this lingers, it goes back, and we'll continue to discuss it. We've had discussions, if you miss it, and we'll, one quick little hit on it here coming up is, is that can you split a locker room that way because guys get pissed off about yeah. that. And, you know, some guys feel differently. I'm not saying Calais was. Calais, you heard him talk. Yeah. But uh, some guys might. Some guys well, might get pissed off about that. Exactly. And I could see that. Yeah. You know, listen, if, if one of our guys said they want to leave because they're they don't have they're not getting a two dollar raise or whatever it is, you got to yeah. go. You got to go relative in our business, you know. Uh, <laughs> but if they want to, if you, if you want to leave, but we still have all fall to do all this programming, ten yeah. shows a week and stuff. I'd be like, hey man, I get it, but I'd, I'd probably be a little pissed too. Like, we got a lot of work to do, and you're bailing on us. Yeah, exactly. And listen, we've mentioned the Jalen thing. Whether it's the Yannick and Gakwe situation where he hasn't been paid yet, I mean. Pick your scenario, but there's a lot of times where, yes, there, there will be like, um, there will be clicks, right? Like, I'm on his side and I'm against management, or uh, I'm neutral, or I don't want to yeah. get involved in this man, yeah, you right. guys. Yeah, I mean, there's all that in the locker room. And the problem is, Brent, is when you win football games, no one gives a crap. Yeah. I almost swore. <laughs> That's no, true. No, I almost swore. Oh, oh, I get that drop button. Okay, yeah, no one gives a crap. Because I, I guarantee you, like, look at the New England Patriots real quick. They, they've had drama in their locker room, they've had issues. Bill Belichick's had issues, but they always win. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter now, does it? Because they're right. winning ball games. All right, we're, I'm going to challenge you here, okay? Hit me with we it. got about three minutes, not even, to yeah. get out of the show. And I want to hit six topics that we really pushed hard. One of them You're we just hit, of me. Okay. that was the split locker room. Okay. And so we just kind of talked about that. We yeah. got that one out of the way. Cool. But let's go back and rapid fire through it yes. for people that might have missed the show. And Jayla Ramsey had a 15-minute press conference today that was kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. Your takeaways from the press conference, just overall thoughts. What did you think while watching it? Part, it included a lot of F-bombs. Too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, it was Jalen Ramsey being himself and trying to have his teammates back. He wouldn't answer the questions I gave the the headlines. That shows to me that he's a team player. Now, maybe I'm blowing smoke up his butt, but I just think from the retrospect that was presented to me, he was trying to be a team player and not be as big a distraction as possible. To me, he raised more questions than he answered. Mm-hmm. He is a distraction, even though he doesn't want to be a distraction. He didn't deny wanting the trade request, but he also said, I might be here Thursday and I'll do whatever I got to do while I'm here. Yeah. It was past tense, presence tense stuff. So it was very very confusing to see what came out of that thing, but it was wild. It was bizarre. It was unusual. Miles Jack was there. Uh, another player, you yeah. know, they had players there in support of him. You don't see that on mm-hmm. a daily basis. All right, communication. Your big thing. The biggest your thing. biggest thing. That's was, the biggest thing. Your big takeaway from the presser was Doug Marone and him have not talked. So we've heard about Telvin Smith. Telvin Smith walks away from the game. Whatever the reason was, we may never know. But the point when they asked Doug Marone what happened with Telvin Smith, 
I have no idea. I haven't talked to him. And now we have the same situation where there was a fight on the sidelines. Almost came to blows. A big deal. Doug Marone just kind of nonchalantly avoids the question. And then we find out that he hasn't talked to Jalen Ramsey about that yet. You have to have communication. Yeah, that's a good point. And that leads me into Ramsey or Marone. Is it as simple as that? Is it Ramsey or Marone? For the for Shad Khan, for Tom Coughlin, for this Jacksonville Jaguars organization, it's either Ramsey Marone or the culture in general. Because if you're Shad Khan, you hired the people to write the ship, right? You hired, you paid people money to write the ship, and right now there's no communication. Uh, the locker room seems to be a mess. Start at the top and work right to the bottom. Just remember, players always win because they're mm-hmm. going to be around longer. I mean, you could get rid of Ramsey and Marone might get fired anyway at the end of this year. Yeah. And I did bring up a scenario, and I, this is just a scenario. Could it exist? If the Jags get thumped here at home on national television, could they fire Marone as soon as Friday? I yeah. mean, I, could they? I guess I'm, they could. Mm-hmm. Star treatment are the Jags bad at handling stars. Yannick Ngakwe, Allen Robinson, and uh, Jalen Ramsey. Absolutely, because if I, I broke it down right on the show, I don't think, yeah, yes, they are stars. They're big-name talents, but they're not that big of divas. Even Jalen Ramsey, the worst part he's done, what, showed up in a Brinks truck, went in a GQ article, and talked some smack about some quarterbacks. There's been star players that have done far worse that have gotten away with things at locker room. The only thing I will add is this last 72 hours is different element than that. You yeah. can't nudge your coach. Course, you yeah. can't embarrass yourself on the sideline to your head coach. Mm-hmm. No respect there. And then demand a trade or ask for a trade. That's a different animal. Wow. This was a lot of fun. I don't know. It was entertaining. It was, it was something, it was, man. Hey, it's not going away. Oh, I'll say this. It was a pretty fast day. Day <laughs> just flew by. And Actions, I appreciate that. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30.